Hey y'all, you are listening to another episode of The Spiritual Homegirl, where we discuss all things concerning self-development and bettering our spirit, but from the homie perspective, somebody that's going through the journey day by day, just like you. Hey y'all, it's your girl Maria, The Spiritual Homegirl, and we are back with another episode of The Spiritual Homegirl Podcast. Now before we get started, y'all know I can't do any podcast episode without thanking you for listening, so thank you for listening, boo-boo. Out of the tens and thousands of podcasts that are out there in podcast land, you choose to leave me your ears once a week for about an hour or so, and I hella appreciate that. So today is Murr's Monday and also Mindsex Monday, so if you're not on Clubhouse, you can definitely find me at Spirit Homegirl or my club is Make Peace with the Day. For those that don't know, every Monday I do a a room with Delore Ging Young. She is the My Sex Mentor. We talk about how to harness the sexual and sensual energy in and out of the bedroom to become successful professionally as well as personally. For those who are unfamiliar, I've had Delore on my show twice um, since 2018, and she's helped me greatly with my own um, personal and professional journey when it comes to this. And I'd love to just help... um, Spread the message of what she does. She does great work, and I can stamp that. That's competency, okay? So, again, my club is made piece of the day. Mondays, My Sex Mondays with Delora Ging Young, the My Sex Mentor. And um, my my uh, name on Clubhouse is Spirit Homegirl. I also do rooms Thursdays, um, Authenticity 101 with my homeboy, Sessions Kelly. He's an entertainment host. He's been hosting for over 10 to 12 years at this point. He currently works for Billboard News. And then on Saturday, I um, do a room with Amina from Analogy to Healing Tree. She is a crystal expert, crystal um, healer, crystal enthusiast, crystal jewelry maker, and a crystal um, sorcerer. So, yeah, we do a lot on Clubhouse over there. So make sure you tap in. So again, today is MERS Monday. And this means that the interview with MERS uh, drops today. This is today's episode. And it also drops on YouTube. For those that missed the YouTube interview that I did yesterday, um, or that I dropped yesterday with Kalina, aka Deaf Queen Boss, those closed caption interviews are up. So again, like I said, we got one down and 150, 60 plus episodes more to go, depending on what YouTube does, because YouTube likes to screen for certain content. So there are some things I may not put on um, that channel, depending on what it is, because YouTube is a little funny nowadays. But um, things that are somewhat, quote unquote, safe that won't get my channel taken down, I will definitely put those up. So today's interview guest is Merz. And for those who don't know, Merz is a father, a husband, a son, and a rap legend. Yeah. He's also very passionate about hip-hop, passionate about his community. And this is not a structured interview like most people would think it is. It was just pretty much a conversation that happened to be recorded between Mars and I. We talk about a lot. We talk about the state of South Central, the state of L.A., state of Black America. We also talk about the need for positive music. Flipping the switch has been something that's been sticking out in my head when it comes to the piece that has been sticking with me the most. Um, the narratives also that he ended up debunking from his own personal experience when it comes to the quote-unquote powers that be and whether they purposely push music that poisons our community. I was surprised to get Mercer's perspective. I was not expecting to hear what he told me in terms of his side of um, answering that question in terms of whether there are non-black powers that be that purposely want to poison our community through the music it puts out. I was actually kind of shocked, honestly. Um, so I don't want to spoil the interview, though. It's a lot we discussed. This interview is about two hours long. So brew you some tea, go make you some food, come right back and check out the interview. And um, yeah, this is today's Mars Monday interview with, again, father, husband, son and rap legend, hip hop enthusiast, hip hop culture ambassador, always been marching to the beat of his own drum. Oh, we also talk about that, too. How to remain authentic when you're going against the norm, especially in the norm as a black person. 
Yeah, there's different mainstreams we got in our society. We got mainstream America, then we got mainstream black America. But what do you do when you don't fit into both? Or what do you do when your drum, your rhythm, that you march into your beat of your own drum, what if that's not on the same beat as mainstream America or mainstream black America? What do you do? How do you remain true to yourself while wanting to be successful? How do you do that without compromising? We talk about that as well. So like I said, we covered a lot. So definitely tap into this interview. You might uh, get some things you want to pick up from and be inspired from. It was very insightful. And um, I'll catch y'all on the flip. All right, y'all. I am here with the man, the myth, the legend, Murs. How are you? I'm well, ma'am. How are you? I'm good. So for those that don't know, Murs is like dope. He's doper than dope. <laughs> and he's also the artist who has the last project I've been on. So I was talking on the intro. And I'm really grateful for that, by the way. Thank you so much. Thank you. Same, same. So I was like, yo, like I was telling Mars before um, I obviously started recording. I said, I've actually got to know of Mars like 2007, 2008. I was in school. Um, he happened to show up on MTV somehow for with Mars for president. And I was like, yo, and then my homeboy was telling me, no, that's the, he did the project with Knife Wonder. You know the song. It was um, Freak These Tales. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I was like, oh, that step was cold. And um, and love and appreciate, love yeah, and appreciation. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's a Ben King sample. I know that much. So I remember being like, man, he is dope this whole time. I didn't know. So <laughs> it's just really interesting. So like circle around 13, 14 years later, well, 13 years later-ish, I'm like, wow, like I'm actually on a project with Murray. So it's crazy how things come back around. And I'm in South Central. You're in South Central. You've always been from South Central. So it's just really interesting to see, like, no matter what, like, decade it's been, you've always been true to who you are. So, like, yeah. where did that start? Like, where did you end up realizing that you were different and you weren't necessarily of, like, the norm? I think my mom um, has always, I, I use this in every interview, so I use it now, but um, the great Bob Marley once said, they asked him how long he'd been a Rasta. He said, ever since. <laughs> And um, that's just, you know, I've been me, my mom, before I had the words for it, she was like, if unique is what you seek, look at my son, Nick. Like, I've just been, you know, I hate the term. Like, I think a lot of gangbangers have made weirdo mean like some type of funny, weak something. But I've always been left of center since pre-K. Um, and uh, I remember like coming home crying and like my mom was like, why? You know what I mean? She's sticks and stones. And she, I was that kid. Like the love of that black woman kept me um, sane and kept me confident because my mama loved me no matter what. My mama has hated my hair, hated my diet, hated the books I've read. We've argued, um, but she never not loved me because of it. So if she loved me, I didn't need anybody else's approval or anything. But uh, I think the first thing was like, yeah, I went to school, uh, a black private school in Pico and um, called ICC. And I show and tell kids was bringing Transformers and He-Man and I brought Double Dutch Bus and that was it. Like <laughs> nobody brought no record. Like, you know, <laughs> like, you no, know, what you bring in music, you're supposed to bring a toy, you know? Yeah. And I was like, y'all need to hear this. You know, so I just, you know, and uh, I, my, I remember my uncle gave me this big yellow satin jacket. He was in Ain't Misbehaving, which is a, a black musical. And he had a cash jacket and I would wear that every, he gave it to my mom, but it was baggy. I was, you know, five years old and this thing, and I would wear that. I've just been, you know, if I feel something, I'm going I'm to I'm do what I'm going to do regardless. So uh, that I think that's what happened. And I always attribute it to the love of my mother. Um, 
she, you know, she just made me feel love. Even when she, there's a way to do it. She didn't baby me. She didn't, I don't say she didn't support me. She didn't, she definitely didn't support my weirdness. You know what I mean? She wished I was something. I don't think she wished I was something else, but she just, she was just about like, Hey, you know what? I love you. And as long as you're clean, you keep your room clean. You do what you're supposed to do. I go ahead. I think that's dope. Shout out to, uh, to, uh, black mamas Amen. in these streets. So I impress you because apparently me learning more about LA culture, I'm learning, you know, where you from? It's like, you know, but for those who don't know, where exactly are you? I, I'm from Midtown, like for real, every day. Um, before anyone said Mid City on the record, I was from Mid City. Um, my grandparents have always, you know, where your grandmama stayed. My grandma and my grandpa always stayed on Pico and Cochran. Before that, my mom went to Saturn. My mom went to Pasteur, which was Laces before it was Laces. Like I've been a West LA baby. I was born on Pico and Carmona. I was born in Cedars. Um, you know, Mansfield, Marvin's, Gears, Schoolyards, By Yourselves, um, BPS, 20s, all that. That's all, you know what I mean? All over there, Ward on Wheels. Um, I never was in nobody's nobody's gang, but, um, you know, that's that's where I'm from. You came up during a very interesting era of game banging, too. Like, how were you able to avoid that? Because from what I understand, the 80s and 90s was like, hardcore like a whole different level than than what the movies from the 90s was even talking about it was way way worse yeah these kids these kids got i don't say i don't want to ever discredit what's going on in the streets now um it was just different i'm not saying my era was harder or nothing um but yeah i, I was based in midtown so my grandmother's state so in between husbands when we lived at my grandma's house i was born with my dad and my mom with people carmona lasted until i was about three they moved to my grandparents. Then we moved to North Hollywood, um, where my babysitter was blood. And then uh, I moved to Linwood, where her new boyfriend, and they was all Crips. So from my babysitter was the first fight I ever got into. Um, I remember I can see it vividly. I was in my Dodgers pajamas. We was at the park, and there was a kid that had on some blue or red. I don't remember. I think it was blue, though, because he was a blood. He always wore brown dickies. I can see him now in a white T-shirt. And we lived in our apartments. And uh, he said, go sock that little nigga over there. I was like, cool. Bop. And that was our first fight. And he's like, your favorite color is red. Like, he just put me on the whole game. And like, I was probably five or six. Then I moved to Linwood. And my homies, my, my stepbrother said, this is my little homie's little little brother. Y'all be friends. And the first, as soon as the, the big homies left, first thing he asked me, like, what's your favorite color, cuz? And I was like, what? I was like, red, nigga. He hit me. Bop. Blue. Bop, 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 bop. And we squabbed up. And then that was it. He's like, you with us now, cuz. And I was like, all right. Now that was, you know. So that's how deep I was. I was still on doing interviews for this. Like I knew before I knew I was a black person because I was only around black people. Before I knew I was a Christian, before I knew I was anything, a male heteroset, I knew that I was in the gangbang. I knew that. And that's how deep it is. Um, and I don't think that gets articulated. It gets glorified a lot. Um, but that's how deep it is. Like I have been in two fights based on color before I had been baptized you know before i had known the black panthers before i knew who malcolm x was before i knew about racism uh yeah so then we you know we lived there and then i moved to the valley um and i didn't believe it you know because um one of my neighbors at a hostler junior high i know you have a lot of la people to listen so they might in linwood um my neighbor stabbed his math teacher in front of the whole class and my mom was like all right that's it so um, her and my dad and my stepdad 
put all their money together. And my mama shouldn't have stayed with them. I think she stayed with them because she knew she couldn't afford to put me anywhere outside. Because, you know, we walked to school and I don't know if you know about the Bataram. Like there was a house on the corner one day that got knocked down by the Bataram. And then I seen it. It wasn't just a song. It wasn't just a thing. Like I, I walked by this house every day to school. And today that house is gone because they drove a tank up on that motherfucker and pushed the house down. Right. Um, and we were like, you know, I was saying cuz to my mom at that at point fifth grade. It was it was for real. You know, what I mean, we was all when we go to junior high, we was all going to get put on like that was it. You know, because when you go into junior high, that's the threshold, you know, no more kids stuff. So I'm sorry, sixth grade. Yeah. And uh, so we moved to the valley and I just I couldn't believe it. I was like, y'all don't play tackle football. Y'all ain't got gang, you know, and I was like, oh, man. And I got into BMX riding and all kind of shit. And then uh, three years of that, and we moved back to Midtown. And then it was back. But by then, I had had my mind blown. I was fighting. You know, we went to daycare first day out in the valley, and uh, some dude called my little brother a nigga. I knocked his tooth out. Bah. Like, you know, first day of school, somebody said something else. Bah. Like, I was just socking white boys up all the time because they had, they had never been in contact with the white person the black people they knew have been born into that so they were at this subservient place and i didn't know i was supposed to accept that disrespect like you know and where i come from we fight and we friends later like don't say that to me you know yeah and they're like no you're just taking too serious dude and you know, i was like nah and you're like you are and so when i got back to la i was just happy to be black i was like man like y'all understand 30 minutes from here there's a place called glendora where there's KKK and I fought neo-Nazis and, you know, like there's a whole nother war going on that we ain't prepared for because we still trying to fight each other. Niggas wasn't hearing me, but I could never unlearn that. So I never wanted to fight with black people. I still don't, you know, right. I disagree with rappers all the time. I would, I always make it a point to never say anything negative about another black man in public if I can, or black person, especially a black woman, if I can, if I can help it. Um, so I think that's how I stayed out of it. Hmm. Uh, I just moved around a lot and I got to see all aspects of it. So before, I really have so many questions. Oh my goodness. But I know you are busy. You got the mercury. You got, <laughs> <laughs> you got life. Yeah, bro. But I want to talk to you about Loving Rockets. So like, where did the concept of Loving Rockets come from? And then to where it's now a South Central, because to me, it's like a South Central love letter. Like, mm. you know what I mean? That's how I took that. Um, you know, re regardless of her her issues and her triumphs, what have you, it's almost like no matter what, like, I'm of you, I love you. So that's yeah. how I took that. But yeah. what made you come up with that concept? Um, love and Rockets was originally just for me, my fans tend to gravitate towards my songs about love or songs where I, I bar up or whatever. So I was kind of like Love and Rockets. Um, how I initially came up with it. And um, it was, a uh, I rated an album with Ski Beats, Love and Rockets Volume 1 on Dame Dash's label, Blue Rock Records. And uh, shout out to Dame Dash. He's another person that asked me the same question. Like, how did you avoid it growing up? I could tell you from LA, for real, for real. And, you know, I was just like, you know, also he had a come like thing. Cause it was like, I was like, gangbangers weren't fly. You know what I mean? Like you were a soldier. It wasn't about, Okay. There was dope boy in, the, in my area. There was dope boys and there was gangbangers. It was two different things. You know what I'm saying? Like when you hear about Rick Ross or Harry O, you don't hear about them being gangbangers. They're affiliated, but they're not known for busting. You know what I mean? So there was a difference. And you, you know, when you saw a gangbanger, you didn't. If you had a choice, you probably didn't want to do that. You know what I mean? Because you got you got to get out. 
Um, so it wasn't fly. You know, street life wasn't as fly as it, I think it looked in Harlem or other places, you know what I mean? And where, the, you know, you had the dude and that's his bins and everybody, like I saw Juice and like Special Ed had that car and like, yeah. there's nobody like, you get pressed. It don't matter who you are. Like Ice Cube was one of the first rappers on the West Coast to have a chain and it got took, you know what I mean? With all respect to Ice Cube, you know what I mean? But you don't, we don't have rappers with, even when we see DJ Quick, you didn't see a gang of jewelry and, you know? because you got to get down out here like you know we don't have no king of la it's not no that's not a thing you know what i mean yeah you gotta get down and you can get got anybody can get it and um you know just because this dude give you a pass don't mean you good you know so i explained that to damon but that so love and rockets one was um the transformation i had just cut my crazy ass dreads um i had done this thing called landmark which is like a spiritual culty kind of thing that my lawyer had told me about and uh i've always been like as we talked about i've always kind of known myself but i was doing it more for my partner at the time and trying to help her and i was like you know what i'll go along with it and they were asking questions and i came to the question of do i do my hair like this to get rejected because i know people are going to reject me anyway am i just trying to be preemptive am i scared to be accepted you know I say I want a successful rap career, but then I make music and say things that aren't popular. And I have hairstyles that aren't popular. You know, this is, my hair was crazy. The weekend hairstyle 10 years before he had I remember. It. And uh, shout out to him though. He gave me my love. Um, but that was, was that, I was like, is that purposely? Am I, am I self-sabotaging? Mm -hmm. So I cut my hair, um, you know, I got with Dame Dash or someone's like, okay, he's definitely in the mix. Like, I want to succeed. I want to do the things that help me succeed and see how that takes. So it was the transformation of me declaring, like, like just seeing, you know? And after that, I was like, yeah, no, I'm weird for real. Like, I didn't need to cut my hair to find that out. I'm, you know what I mean? Yeah. But it was necessary. I just wanted, you know? Yeah. I put it to the test. And with Love and Rockets 2 is 10 years later. I didn't think I was going to continue the sequel or do a sequel because the first one didn't sell bananas and niggas wasn't waiting on it like a Star Wars or nothing. But it just felt right. Me and Fresh started working on it. I was like, this sounds like Love and Rockets 2. Um, I had lived in Tucson for about six years and I was married and I just come out of divorce. Um, my wife now wanted to live in LA. I wanted to go back to Arizona. Because um, after, after Murph for President, shit got kind of real for me. I had to get out of here. It was the, you know, the homies I was with was like, yo, like I had an SL 500, I'm driving around, like, but I still go to Earl's. I still go pick up my goddaughters on Crenshaw Exposition. Like, I'm not scared. I don't, I'm not a rapper that moved to Calabasas. Like, I'm still, I didn't get that check. I was living at the Palazzo. I'm in the mix. Right. And I was telling, I asked the homies that were living the rap life. They're like, oh yeah, you just, you know, you, I got a 45 and niggas come out. I just, ta -ta -ta let niggas know I'm out here and they good, you know, they back up. I'm like, bro, I didn't come for this far. I'm making, you know, at this point I'm making six, you know, in deep into the six, not deep, but in, in decently into the six figures. I was like, this is not what we came all this way for. Like I didn't come out of, to go back to carrying a gun with me everywhere I go. And, uh, you know, I sold my, I sold my bins, got a Prius, got married really quick, <clears throat> bought a triplex in Tucson and got the fuck out of here. I was like, they either I'm gonna go to jail for having this gun or I'm gonna kill one of these niggas. Like I'm not, you know, right? Been running up on me, and I was like, you know what? And so I just got some fresh, fresh air, and I thought I would stay there. And uh, after my divorce, my wife wanted to live here. She wanted to be closer to my family, and um, I said, cool. And uh, this is where I've been, and I've been home 
for about three or four, you know, three or four years. And like, in, in, I'm in Inglewood, but borderline Inglewood, South Central, Hawthorne. On this side of the street is South Central, on my side is Inglewood, on the other side is Hawthorne. Um, but, I, you know, I'm back to, I can go a whole day and not see a white person. You know, it's a whole different thing. Um, just, you know, being with my mom every day, she's still, we, my family is on the dry cleaners on Central and Adams. Oh, dope. Um, for 70 years. Um, I worked there growing up. Um, so that's been another constant. You know what I mean? I've always worked at the cleaner since I could walk. I was making hangers, picking up orders, putting clothes in the machine. Yeah. Um, that's my family's trade. Um, so 70 years, my grandfather has had that business on that block. And uh, I probably most likely end up taking it over myself. Um, and that's where this album came from. It's just like, this is this is home. This is where I'm at. I'm probably never going to leave. I done tried to get away. I've been in the Bay. I've been in Arizona. Um, and I'm, you know, I, I got, I got to stop fighting it. And, uh, I hopefully I always think that I'm at an age where I won't be a victim to the bullshit. The police ain't looking for me. Niggas ain't tripping. Um, but literally in the past month, um, not to give away where I live, but one of the big homies from the neighborhood over here got killed by the police and then a rival gang killed another nigga. And both of these dudes are over 45. Rival gang hit him 36 times or around a corner. And this is where I walk my kids every day. It's not like, oh, that's over there. Like I walk these streets, especially in quarantine, I walk these streets with my kids every day. Right. We walking past vigils and shit now. And it's so it's like, and these niggas was older than me. So this shit don't ever stop. And I it's a hard thing to accept. So all I can do is make peace. Um, and that's what the DOC comes from. Like I'm not gonna run from it. And uh, I spent a lot of my career talking to white people because that's what who was buying my records. Mm -hmm. Like some niggas go, I, I never understood how they do it. Like they do a whole song and look at the crowd. And I'm like, these people can't relate to anything you're saying. I looked at that and I was like, you know what? I'm going to just start rapping like y'all listening because I know y'all listening. I'm going to start rapping for niggas because niggas ain't coming. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it'd be weird, like we talked about, like niggas have always ridiculed me. Black people have always ridiculed me. If my fan base would be majority black, I feel weird because, you know, I I I I never been praised by the mainstream black people. The kids in my school made fun of me. Mainstream artists don't really fuck with me like that. They know me, you know what I mean? But I'm weird to them, and that's why, I, you know. But now I'm just like I'm gonna talk to I'm gonna talk to my people. I'm gonna talk my truth because this is where I'm at in my life. And this is probably where I'm going to stay. You know what I mean? And uh, so that's what Love and Rockets 2 is about. It's, you know, coming to terms with it. And like you said, a love letter. Like, this is, this is LA. I love who I am. And uh, I finally found music that complements it. Like, Fresh is definitely, I won't say mainstream Black America, but the roots of Black America. I hate to say underground because um, it has a connotation of something. But, yeah, you know, like, Mozzie's early shit is with Fresh. You know what I'm saying? Like, like people that are ingrained in, in from the soil, as they say in the Bay. And uh, he's always wanted to work with me, thank God. And I was like, yo, because most artists that, you know, people that work with people like that don't want to work with me. But Fresh knows his real hip hop too, a quote unquote real hip hop. And when I heard those beats, I was like, oh, and he played me some of the shit spitted in. I was like, yeah, I can do this. This is, this is right on my eyes. So we just drank and recorded every night on tour. This first of all, shout out to DJ Fresh. DJ Fresh is dope. He is probably one of the dopest producers Man. that has influenced some of y'all's favorite producers. 
He got a lot of sons out here doing <laughs> 15 fresh. I say that, I say that with love. That just shows yeah. the influence. Cause to me, I'm like, if you got a son or daughter that's out here doing something in the vein of what you do, that just shows the impact of what you've been doing. So yes. shout out to Fresh. I always give Fresh his flowers. He deserves them. You deserve your flowers as well. Cause you've you. been down for a long time, consistently doing stuff. Like it's hard to be a rapper in your forties that can say he's been doing it still this long. Even with like uh, OG Tajay from Souls of Mischief. Like every time he deserves his flowers. He's been on my show, what, four years ago? That's the, that's the OG. So it's like to see mm-hmm. like, <laughs> like rappers that may not necessarily have been super mainstream outlast the mainstream is crazy to me. Yeah, it's a wild thing. And it just, it's interesting. That. Yeah, so it's really um, what you what what you're shooting for. And that's a lot a lot of people that didn't last would tell me like, you don't got no niggas at your shows. You don't got no niggas. I'm like, niggas come to your show, they fuck shit up, they don't buy no merch. You know, what I mean, like, I don't know if I want I, if niggas come great. If they don't, great. Um, but that's giving me longevity because whatever it is about Black American culture, we're always on to the next thing. You go to a Snoop show. It could sell out, but it won't be no black people. You can go to DJ Quick Show these days, you know? Yeah. Um, but, you know, the Latinos will stick with you. The Mexicans and Salvadorians, they'll rock with you to the death. These are the ones still going to war shows and still going to oldies, Art LeBeau. Black people, you know, for a while for LA, like, it'd be all Latinos and white folks, mostly at a, at a Snoop show. And Jeezy come to town, that's when all the niggas come out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The LA niggas. And it's just... We are always on to the next. And I don't understand. I love that versus is kind of celebrating all artists, you know? And I think that's helping the youngsters see that it's okay to have longevity and it's okay to, um, and we as a people, it's okay to celebrate. It's not, it doesn't have to be old school. It could be classic rap, you know? Classic rock is is here. New, new white bands make classic rock. There's young white kids that make classic rock that make heavy metal. And I think hip hop is finally growing to that point. And um, shout out to Knife Wonder because he stood strong on that for so many years. Boom Bap isn't old school, it's just classic. That's a traditional sound. And there's okay, there's nothing wrong with traditional rap music being made by young people or old people. Um, that's what I feel. Yeah, we're like, we're, we're I think we're working through it. Um, but for a while, we used to shun like old rappers. Like once a rapper was hitting like 30-ish, 35-ish, I mean, even like, remember they was calling like Jay-Z old at one point. Like, oh, you old, you old, you so old to be rapping. Yeah, so she's it's another one pushing it. Right. But he's like 50. Still yeah. influencing 40, stuff. short. Like, especially short and 40. And, and even Jay-Z, like they've had some of their biggest records, or if not their biggest record, after their 40s. Right. Um, but I talk this about this because I do it on Twitch and there's a, a model, Fan base on Twitch is predominantly white, but I tell them, like, look at the, you know, whatever it is that y'all did to us, because it's not us, because in African roots, we have respect for our elders and we carry tradition. I think it has a lot to do with you don't value anything. Nothing stays the same. We're on to the next because you would have a, a male slave, a black slave and take him from his family. That's why our families and the black women are so and black men and can't get along now, because why would you? Give your heart and soul to someone when you can be sold apart. Why would you be building that bond with your child when that child, when his turns 13, he's going to be sold off to someone else because he's valuable. We don't 
know how to stick together and it's not our fault completely. You know what I mean? Right. And uh, I think that's how we do our trends. But look at the Beastie Boys. That's my one. Beastie Boys have had the same, yo, I got to go to the mom, mom, mom. You're right. From wow. 88 to 2010. And you couldn't stop a white person from going to buy their newest record or going to see them. Run DMC, they had to get with Pete Rock and come with something new with Down With The King. And they probably have to do a song with Juice World now to be relevant. Not the fact that he took us out of, Run himself took us out of disco and put us in, in the streets. He put hip hop in the streets. He started wearing jeans and like, I ain't wearing all that costume and none of that mess. I, you know? Yeah. I'm not lacing my sneakers. I'm not, you know? Nah, he's cursing. There's a lot of MCs on this. This is my motherfucking house. Coked up as a motherfucker, as the legend goes. But still, nigga shit. He brought us out of the disco into the New York streets and brought hip hop. And we can't get that man shit now. Like, we don't, we wouldn't buy a run record. We wouldn't piss on a run record right now. But the white people stick with the Beastie Boys. And like, we always say that, oh, that how they love the Beatles. But that's real hip hop. Right now, and the Beastie Boys might go down as one of the greatest rap groups of all time and run DMC is playing catch up. De La Soul can't get their shit on streaming. Yeah. We are, um, we got a lot of a lot of work to do, as always. Um, but I never I always like that that's I knew that I would have longevity because unfortunately for me, I would love niggas to listen to my shit, but I knew a lot of people in my position that tried to make music for niggas instead of just I went with the flow. I'm gonna do me, and if this is who comes, cool. I don't have. I, don't, I see niggas every day. I'm going back to my block every er, after every tour. I'm gonna see all my niggas. I got a family reunion every summer. My family's on our 106 and um family reunion. I see my family from all over the America. From you know, and they come out to my shows. So I'm cool with. I know I'm black, and I know you know. And if black people don't like my music, that's cool, because I'm gonna have that longevity. I will get a call from StubHub and say, Merce, we're big fans. We want you to do a commercial. Because unfortunately for me, my fans weren't in and out of jail. My fans were in and out of college and in and out of startups. Um, so that paid off. I wish that I did have more Black fans. I wish more Black people were in tune with my positive message and my more positive outlook. I'm not perfect, but I think it's better to listen to me every day than some of the stuff we choose to. Or my thing is just throw me in the mix. You know what I mean? Like I had a mixture of Chuck D, Easy E, and Kid and Play. I had some fun stuff. I had some conscious stuff. I had some hood stuff. And I am all of those people. And we all are. But for some reason, we just deep dive into the negativity. Even Christian rap. I kept up with my Christian rap. Because you need that. I don't know. I'm rambling. Sorry, man. No, you good. Do you think it's maybe, because I've always wondered, because you know, it's hard to control the narrative, at least to me. And you, and you can speak on this probably way better than I can because you've been an artist for so long. Do you think maybe it's because we don't own our stuff sometimes that allows the narrative to be shaped differently? You know what I mean? In terms of positioning what, what we consume, if that makes sense. Like not owning the platforms, things like that. I think not owning the platforms have something to do with it. Um, the masters, like I went, I was signed to Warner Brothers and I believed the hype, you know, I thought they were constructing this music to kill our community. And uh, the president himself sat down with me. I said, look, I want to say whatever I want. And some of the things I'm going to say are against some of the artists you promote. Because I'm not going to be bad for black people on television. And he said, fine, I would love it. 
And then I looked and I was like, okay, I, we all have the same A&Rs. We're all in the same building. No one's making y'all make these songs. Y'all making these songs. The whole black music department is full of black people. The white man that's the head of the label okays all of my conscious rap songs and he would okay all of your conscious rap songs too if y'all niggas made them. He ain't stopping it. He'll go to radio with it. He'll, you know what I mean? So it's what we choose to do. And as soon as we decide, and around that time I got the benefit of going to speak at you know, Kershaw High or, the, or schools in the Ninth Ward down in New Orleans. And I would tell them, I was like, these people, the whole world is waiting for what you say is cool. As black teenagers, you control the world. They use your image to sell Coke in Japan. They use your image to sell McDonald's in Africa or wherever. If we don't like it, they won't sell it. If we decide, like, it was funny how, like, Cam, Killer Cam is, like, the one that you can, if he, if a nigga would have wore pink in a video before Cameron did it, the day before, it would have been whack. He would have been all kind of homosexuals and all kind of other stuff. Cam did it. It was cool. That's how powerful a strong Black man committing to something is. We can make anything cool at the drop of a hat, and we just won't do it. These white people don't care if we make what we make music about, as long as it makes them rich. So when we decide that positive music is what we want to hear and is all we buying, guess what we're going to have a flood of? Positive music. They're not on what we, they were on at one point, breaking us down and keeping us locked down. And, you know, you can watch the Fred Hampton movie that just came out. I'm sure, it'll, I haven't seen it yet, but I'm sure it'll say. There was a time, but hip hop, that's what people can't, you can't tell me where the Black Panthers message start, stopped and hip hop started. Mm. We won that. It went from marching to we're going to march on your radio shows. We're going to convince all your children that we're not what you, you're not. We're not what you tell them we are. They're going to love us more than they love you. And hip hop has been more powerful and it's been the movement. It didn't stop. You know, now it's morphing into BLM and becoming something new. But the Black Panthers became Chuck D. And it became really powerful. And what we have now is the power. All we have to do is flip the switch. Any, I know NLE, chop a try, you know what I mean? But it has to be one more person. It can't just be one. We all got to hit the switch. And, and, you know, you don't have to stop drinking. You don't have to stop going to the club. You don't have to stop having multiple sex partners. But there's a way to do that and not be as destructive. Like the murder is what I have a problem with. Like... Motley Crue exists for white people. They do cocaine, they party, they fuck girls. Woo, it's fun. But they don't have songs about, I'm gonna kill somebody. Like it's just, That's the part where I'm like, can we chill on that? And I'm not even one of these people, I know it will never stop in the streets. I, like I said, I live here. I see people still getting popped at 45 years old. It's a blood feud. It's a legitimate war. If we weren't black, it would be like the Palestinian and Israelis going at it. Wow. Will be seen as the the Serbians in the in the whatever Eastern European nation is at war right now. You know what I mean? But because we're black, it's belittled and called gang warfare or black on black crime. It is a legitimate war that's been going on for decades. It's a blood feud. There's no way to stop it right now. It's not people when they're putting on. If there's more opportunities, there'd be less killing. Yes, but it's not gonna. There's people who have lost family members. You can't tell them. All I'm saying is let's not rap about. It. The Israelis aren't over there making war songs. You know, I killed me a Palestinian today, a Palestinian, I killed me an Israeli. It, it's not funny. It's war. And as soon as we start to treat it like a war, it won't disappear, but it'll get less severe, I think. Mm 
yes, providing opportunities for the youth is part of that, but also treating it like a fucking war, not a fashion show. Mm. Like, let's treat it like a war. It's, it's sad. It's tragic. It is not subject matter for television or entertainment. That's that. I mean, I didn't I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm, I try to just walk away from it because niggas don't want to hear that. Like, I moved to Tucson, like, but now I'm here and niggas gonna have to hear me out, man. Like, I want to say to you, my kids is going to the schools now. You gonna have to see me at the PTA, my nigga. Like, you gonna have to see me. You gonna have to deal with what I have to say. Right. And and we are gonna have to get better. And I'm and I'm a you know I'm not sending my kids to the private school. I and I'm not gonna say like I have it. Like I can't afford. I got three boys. I can send this one to private school and hopefully I sell a film or something. I can send the next one to private school or hopefully get get a basketball. Or I can say, you know what? You're going to go to this school. I'm going to meet the principal. I'm going to be here every day. And then I'm going to send your brother here and I'm going to have three boys in this school and we're going to change it. And me and my wife is just, you know, yeah. I have the luxury of being home now, cause especially because of COVID. I'm not touring. And hopefully I can find some like-minded young Black people or old Black people or Latino people. That's another thing too. I feel like we're, my neighbor told me he's Mexican. He's like, we're Californians. You know what I mean? You can't really, you can separate black and brown culture, but you shouldn't, you know? We live right across the street. We shopping at the same places, you know? Like, we got to do this together. And, um, and you speak up for your people. I respect what you have to say. I don't know what the struggle of a Chicano or immigrant family, but I can respect it. And I'm going to speak up. And if you respect what I have to say, because nobody, not even the the Trump while and whatever they're called insurgents the QAnon or whatever none of these people will say i want what's the worst for my kids at some point in all of our heads we thinking we're doing what's best for our children and if we start talking there i think we could and agree there we could talk about anything else or agree to disagree on anything else and um that's just my mentality i'm a i'm a father now and I'm not not a daddy, like, you know what I mean? I didn't have a kid. I didn't have that moment when I held my kid in my arms, like, I got to change my life. Because for the most part, I've been living right. It's just now I got to focus. And um, it can't just be about my kid is good. My kid is all right. I don't, I don't, I don't feel good saying that. I want all of our kids to be, or most of them. All of them are not going to be, there's bad kids in every neighborhood around the world. You know what I mean? But they shouldn't be the majority. And how do we change that? These are such profound answers. And with me being, I've lived in LA since, I've never been visiting. The first place I visited was actually Compton. And um, I remember being maybe like four or five years old, I used to have little LA gears that lit up with the little old school <laughs> California tags. So yeah. We got them, we got them in, in California. So I was like, oh, I'm official now. <laughs> but my auntie Lot likes to stay over there on California Avenue. I'm not sure what the politics was of that area, but I'll never forget me and my family. Again, we're not from here. We're visiting. We're walking on the sidewalk. And I remember hearing somebody say, Hey, get off my sidewalk. He was talking to a, to another person. I remember blue. I don't, again, I don't know the politics. I just remember a lot of blue at that particular area and be like, hey, get off my sidewalk. And then we all got off the sidewalk. And I remember thinking like, he wasn't talking to us. Now, granted, you know, kids will sometimes get you caught. Mommy, he wasn't talking to us. What are you doing? I don't, I don't remember doing that, but I remember thinking like, why do we have to get off the sidewalk? I don't understand. He wasn't talking to us. Like, why are we walking in the street? We, we're not supposed to walk in the street. So that was my introduction to California. So 
I know it's crazy, but I remember wow. the palm trees and stuff like that. So I always fell in love and it was hot outside and it was sunny. So I was like, I got to come back. I didn't understand what that was until maybe last two years from now, like two years ago. I was like, wait, really? Yeah, right. So, but again, living here, like now in LA, I've been here since 2018, October of 2018. It's like, I'm still learning the complexity of the West. Like it really is like, it's, it's, it's different. It's unlike any thing I've ever seen before. Atlanta's one thing. I can do Atlanta. I know Atlanta, but this is different. Like you said earlier, like a pass does not give you a all around pass. Like it's no. so, it's so many different like elements here. And that's why yeah. I want to have a conversation with you because I think people think because they see LA or South Central or Compton or Watts or Long Beach, what have you, they see it projected in mainstream media and they think they know and they don't know. So nah. that's why I want to get you as a native to, to help provide perspective because it ain't really as the, the lifestyle that is glamorized is not as glamorized. I myself hear gunshots two miles a mile up. So I feel you when it comes to like, like how hot is getting. So it's yeah. just like people do not understand. So that's why I'm glad you, you spoke on that extensively because we need that perspective to give the reality to the glamour because yeah, South of the 10 is where everything gets, you know, taken. It gets packaged north of the 10 and then it ends up going all over the world. And they have no idea what it's like at ground zero of all of this. They have no idea. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. Like even I remember going to the Bay. I didn't know like traveling. I haven't mentioned that traveling is so important for an L.A. person. Like because I wasn't I'm a I'm a nigga like I was doing hip hop boom bap shit. We were on tour of Hyro. We stopped in Houston. I'm like, oh. I need to go to the third war. I need to go to the tray. I need to see this. Yeah. I need a haircut. I want to go to a strip club. I want barbecue. Yeah. I'll go places. And I'll be like, oh, this is dope. And there'll be a gang of niggas there, but nobody tripping. I'll be like, I thought everywhere was like a, where I was from. Wow. Even my mom, I remember having one of my homies that rap coming to dinner with us. And she's like, so how is it with the Bloods and Crips there? And he's like, we don't, he's from Philly. He's like, we don't have that. Like, you know, it's different. You know what I mean? But it's not like here. It's, we have a really bad situation and it's glorified and it looks cute. But, and that was like another, like when you call it again, it's not even, it's a blood feud. It's not even a war because there's no, this side wants this and this side wants this. This side wants them dead and this side wants them dead. When people think like, oh, it's, a, it's turf war. It's not a fucking turf war. These gangs have held down the same neighborhood for 30 years. No one's expanding turf. All the gangbangers, all my little homies was broke. The niggas in my generation was one of the last generations to get money from gangbanging. Niggas ain't gangbanging for money. They have side hustles, but they're not killing motherfuckers for selling dope on their street no more. It is just killing in the name of killing. This is a blood feud, and I don't know how to describe that. You're right. Like, you almost have to come here. I remember being in the Bay, and when I got to the Bay, I'm like, oh, it's still California. It wasn't. I was living in East Oakland. It was bad. It's poor. But niggas, and they say blood, niggas be, after I learned that they say, everybody says blood, I was cool. Like, hey, blood, you want to come smoke with me? You want to hit this? Because they see my dreads and it, you know what I mean? Yeah. They just, it was cool. I was like, yeah, what's up, blood? Blah, blah, blah. You know, it was cool. Now, they was funking over families and, and blocks, but it was over money or, uh, or abroad or something. You know what I mean? It wasn't what it is here. And I was at a party in, in San Francisco, a Tyson fight. And I get in a bad habit sometimes and saying, like, when I get really excited or something, especially when watching a fight or fighting, I'll cuss, blah, 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 blah. 
And I said that, someone said, LA nigga, you sit your ass down. LA niggas always come up here, blah, 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 blah. And there's one nigga at the party who was like the OG nigga who hadn't said nothing. He said, and then he said, I said, nigga. And then we kind of started going back and forth, LA, babe, you know, this and this. And the older nigga was from, from, from his city and was like, hey, I just got out of LA County jail. He's like, it ain't nothing like the shit y'all little niggas think is, it's not a game. He started, he broke it down for him. He's like, I'm not, you know, I'm I'm bay nigga to the heart. He's like, but check this out. This is what they on. Yeah. It's some whole other shit. I'm not praising it. I'm not, and I and I just had to take a backseat because I had never heard it from a this is a real nigga that just got out of jail, like killer. And he was like, nah, nah. It's different than what we do up here. And oh, and, and so trying to find a way to phrase it to everyone else where I'm not saying we're realer, it's just crazier. It's because we don't have, like you said, we don't have the poverty. My cousins come out from DC and they was like, y'all got front yards and back. What y'all shooting for? Mm. You know, or homies would be like, oh, you live in a nice neighborhood. Nigga, look at this grass. And then we go to the KFC and it's bulletproof. Like, what the fuck? They have no idea. And I'm like, it's a mental, it's something we don't appreciate what we have because we don't travel. So we don't know no better. And it's just like, you know, like, man, it's it's a privilege to have a sunny day 320 days out the year. It's a privilege to have some of the most beautiful women from all over, you know, like all mixtures. And we have beautiful women, beautiful weather, and we had the best weed for a long time. What was we fighting over? The more I traveled, the more I got, we would go to New Mexico and go to the mall on a Saturday. I'd be like, oh my God, like, ugh, <laughs> man. You know, I would like you would go to the Beverly Center in peace and not try to fight nobody if you knew how good we had it. Right. Like, I, you know, I, like some see that like this is all y'all got? This is it? This is what y'all doing today? I can yeah. see why the show sold out. Y'all ain't doing no disrespect <laughs> to all these places, you know what I mean? But yeah. we have a lot to live for here. And it's so the fact that they got us killing each other is is ridiculous. Um there's a there's a lot of problems and all I can say is I'm I'm slowly getting done with rap and, and rolling up my sleeves and it's time to get to work. I don't know if that's city council. I don't know if that's, there's a place called a place called home. I've been trying to reach out to them and get started working with them on Central Avenue. And I don't know what it looks like post COVID. Um, but I always see a lot of people that aren't of gang culture. Even, as, even before I knew it was hip hop, I knew gang banging. I didn't know what a B-boy, graffiti, none of that would, but I knew what, Bloods and Crips was. Hmm. Like, that's my core is gang culture, you know? I love Jesus. I love my family. I love being Black. I love hip hop. But before all that, and I have to take my perspective and hopefully find a way to apply it to these streets. Um, because as we can see, like, we are, and it may never happen, but we're really close to a race war. I don't think they want it, you know? Yeah, I agree. We, because I, I, you know, I always say that, like, when I went to Tucson, my, my ex-wife was, we'd go to the store, I couldn't help saying something. I'd be behind a big, overweight, 300-pound white man with a Desert Eagle, because it's, you know, open carry there, and we'd be in Target. And I would antagonize, I'd be, oh, I feel so safe. Because I've been in a position where I had to pull my gun, I dropped it, I was so scared. Like, when it start popping off, there's a whole nother thing that's shooting at fridges or Targets at the shooting range with your earphones on, bro. Yeah. When bullets is going, and you got to pick up and get down. So I ain't worried about y'all and y'all insurrection or whatever the fuck. You come over here, you're going to get laid down by, by motherfuckers who've been laying motherfuckers down all day. 
You know what I mean? The LAPD ain't trained as so much as these OGs. And when they realize that, unfortunately, that's the negative is we've been living with it for 30 years. The fortunate part about it is if it ever comes to a call to arms and we got to get down, I'm with all the Bloods and the Crips and the 18s and the 13s and the 14s because they unfortunately have been killing people in these streets for years. You're going to deploy people that have been dealing with IEDs and shooting at each other from 80 feet away. Like these are little kids that grown up blowing each other's heads off. Like, and so I, I don't want to praise that, but at this point we have no other way to do, but to make that an asset if we have to mobilize. Um, but I, that's, I also never want to talk down to gang members because that's why it don't matter who's in office. Ain't shit changed over here. Ain't nothing changed over here. They ain't bringing that Trump flag down these streets. They ain't, you know what I mean? <laughs> they, they, you know? Yeah, that's factual. I ain't seen none of that over yeah. here. Yeah, and it's unfortunate that we're still killing each other, but I was like, if they wake this sleeping giant, I know that I'm sorry. When the BLM stuff was popping off, I, I teach a class in Fort Collins on hip hop, um, you know, funded by this very um, generous billionaire. And they fly me out, they put me up, and I teach people in Fort Collins how to rap and what about, you know? That's dope. Help them with their music. And there's a brother up there from Alaska working uh, working on the oil fields or whatever he's doing, just hustling. And I call, I had, a, I, when we, when COVID hit, we had it online. I would just meet with him and do Zoom calls. He met with me, he cut his dreads. I said, what happened? He said, we out here, it's time. And he was going to the protest and he was at the real protest where it was 40 black people and hundreds of Republicans throwing shit at him. He's like, oh, I had man. to cut my Old locks. Protests. Yeah. He's in Fort Collins, Colorado, still getting down for BLM when it's not the majority, when the majority of people are against Black lives. Right. And he's still out there. He's like, yeah, I had to cut my locks because they could just grab those. I, it's no more time for that. It's time. And I was like, bro. And I was like, you know what? He's like, how's it over there? And he's, I was popping over. I was like, I ain't seen one Black Lives Matter sign. I ain't seen no protests. You know, because all that was in West LA. It wasn't in South Central this time. Yeah. So I said, bro, if you, if, if you, I said, send the kids. He's like, I'm not leaving here. I was like, well, send the kids and your wife. Cause we good over here. They ain't coming over here. They better not roll down Crenshaw with that nonsense. They'll get rolled up. You know what I mean? So we have a place to stay. We have a fortress. And um, as they try to gentrify our neighborhoods, we need to stand strong. And I don't know if it, if it's figuring out how to legally deputize these young men and women, um, you know, but it's, there's negatives and positives when I've thought about moving my kids out of here. I want them to see black people every day. I know my mailman, he's black. He knows my cousin, he knows my auntie. He know like, you know, yeah. when my kids see him, they go, Uncle Brandon, they see, they seen a um, Latino man walking around putting them flyers on people's door. And my son said, that, that ain't our uncle, who that? <laughs> Tom, stop that. That's uncle so-and-so job. He can't do that. Aww. And they feel ownership of their community. Right. And all everybody on the street know my kids. And I know that some of the people on the street are armed. And to me, that helps because if something happened to my little boy, I feel like they're going to get down. If we don't only want black family on the block. If something happened on that block, they're going to blame us. So I don't, I don't know, man, I'm 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 still figuring out. Um, but Loving Rockets to the declaration is just me saying I'm here. And um. We got work to do.
that's actually why I chose South Central to live. Like I was like, when I first touched down, I touched down on Angeles Vista. I was like, like I could walk to Lamar. I could hear the drums through the window. You know what I'm saying? On Sundays, I could still hear the drums now in terms of where I live now. But it's just like, I fell in love with it years before I moved. And then it just so happened, however the journey played out, I ended up coming to South Central. And then I can't, like, you know, like you part Lamar, that whole area. I was like, yo, this is the closest to Atlanta I'm going to get. Because yeah. I, mean, I, I grew up, you know, in nothing but blackity, black ass spaces, 75% black. The mayor's black, the police is black, librarian's black, chick at the McDonald's is black, teachers is black. Everybody is black. Trip. <laughs> so this was the closest it was going to get for me. So I was like, all right, this, this is, this is it. Like, I don't want to live nowhere else. Like, I can't live anywhere else. Like, yeah, I don't like, think you I can, can probably. Huh? Yeah, I, I don't think you can. Like, I went to Atlanta. I remember being in the Whole Foods and having to call my ex-wife or my mom. I called somebody. I was like, I'm in Whole Foods and I don't see one white person. And it's packed. <laughs> what do you mean, bro? Like, I'm, I'm in Atlanta, like, the Whole Foods popping with us? Us yeah. bagging the groceries, us stopping us. I was like, man. So I can see why you're drawing a Lamert. I think we need to figure out how to spread that. I love it. And I get more into like other places too. So even like um, some of the work I've done over the past year has been like, now it's been in Watts, it's been in Long Beach. So it's just been, I've just been kind of bouncing around like, yo, like there's black spaces all now. Granted, I love South Central, yes. But there's these little pockets of black spaces outside of it. Like, um, like there's a Black community, obviously Pasadena. I'm learning more about that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's just like all of these, like, dang, it's just, it's, it, there is so much work to be done. I totally agree with you. And for me, it's just like, we was outside a lot last year with the pandemic, which was risky um, with, with those types of things. But it felt, it, I, it was worth it for me. It was like, okay, I'm here though. So I don't know. It's just, we have, it's, it's a lot of work. But what makes me happy though, is that I am seeing people link up despite their differences and they are working together for the common goal too. So that, that makes me happy to see. And I remember people were saying, Oh, well, where were the game bangers and all this other stuff during the process? I, they was at the protest too, from what I saw. So right. it's kind of like, you know, um, <laughs> well, where was you? Right. Like, where was you at? I, I seen them. They was posting, talking about get up here, cause get up here. So like, it's just weird. Like how, how people like they pick and choose when to like, dignify people of the culture you know and when not to it's just interesting but um but yeah so i'm just curious though so is this going to be your last project because you're saying that you're getting ready to transition out of rap or is it more of you're going to take a break or what no i'm almost finished i've had a date in mind for years now i'm wow. almost finished um i'm just you know i knew i would be done and uh so yeah, I got I got a date and everything when I'll be done. And um, like I said, I think I'm end up probably taking over my family business. And uh, I want to do more. You know what? I, I like what Joe Button did. Like, I hate when people comment on rap and analyze it and still play the game. <laughs> you know, if you want if you want to have an opinion, get out the game. Right. You know. And so I think I, I have my opinion on the culture is valuable, um, but mostly I don't want to do anything. I want my children, I want my sons to be the biggest thing that I do. And if I'm always trying to make a record, it's something that's bigger than them and it makes a shadow for them. And I don't want them to have that battle. Um, my sons are supposed to shine. That's the, you know what I mean? You take the 5% knowledge out of that, you know what I mean? Yeah. 
and they can, I'm nobody. I'm I'm a father now. I'm not a son. Um, my shine is almost done, and I, I want to end my career how I want to end it. And then I love when people say that's such and such daddy. That's you know what I mean. Like when the kids across the street go, "Hi, such and such daddy." I'm like, "Yeah, that's the dopest thing, bro." You know what I mean? Yeah. Like so, I'm I want to be that, and to know that I'm everything. I tell them now, like I rap to support you. You know what I mean? But they see as a rapper, I'm above them. You know what I mean? Right. I want to be like. I go to work at this dry cleaners. I volunteer here. I pick you up from school. I, I'm here for you. You have a very, and when we go peer places, I like it when people recognize me, you know, and I always tell my, 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 my sons, like, look, that's what keeping your nose clean and doing a good job will get you. You know what I mean? People will respect you when you go places. Like, I was like, imagine if I had done something wrong, these people would recognize me for another reason. So you'll be recognized for your work. And I, I like accepting my flowers from people when they see me but i don't i don't want to push a career i don't want to you know i want to i want to push being a father and i think that's the revolution people always want to copy or imitate the 70s and 60s i think the new revolution is just shutting up and getting it done I don't, that's another reason i never make quote unquote conscious rap I'm like what you you yelling about the white man on a label owned by the white man on a station owned by the white man Ooh. i'd rather you be hove Talk about nigga shit and take your money and do the right thing. All that talk about revolution, like we got all the knowledge we need from Chuck D. We good. You know what I'm saying? Like, we know, we know where the book's at now. We got the YouTube, we got HBCUs, like we good. Like, shut up, nigga. Damn. You know what I mean? Like, you know, on Instagram and you, we gonna do this and we gonna shh. To me, that's the error. Like, we we already won. We too far gone. The white man has so many troubles and ailments worldwide that he's done set up for himself. And there's COVID. They ain't worried about oppressed. That's when, when we wake up and realize the white man ain't worried about us as much no more. He done given us all this leeway. And so I'm going to raise my sons. I'm going to continue my family's business. I'm going to expand it. And I'm going to continue to build our empire. And I think if we all get to work and stop talking and posturing, it'll be, you know, it's good to make conscious rap is good. You know what I mean? Don't get me wrong. But at this point, if you don't own it, a lot of people don't know. Like what Karis one did is phenomenal. And I don't know if people, if he likes people to speak on it, but we thought he was arrogant. Oh, you're making a hip hop Bible, blah, 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 blah. He doesn't pay taxes. He said, fuck the government. And then he fucked the government because hip hop is his religion. Genius. Yeah. So that's why I'm like, niggas is talking, but they're not listening. Like, now what? Like, why aren't we all going joining the church and putting our albums out through the church? There are ways we can work. It's not about being loud and aggressive or imitating the Panthers anymore. It's about there's new ways to get it. And to me, being a father and staying alive and staying out of jail is probably one of, and taking care of yourself. Dr. Savy, Styles P, Pharmacy for Life. These are the new Black Panthers to me. Like, take your vitamins, get on an African, more African-based diet and live. That's how you really stick it to this motherfucker. Live and raise little niggas that really bought they shit. You know, I told my son, if anybody try to feed you McDonald's, yeah, I don't care if you got your auntie, I was telling them I don't eat that bullshit. And tell them like that so they'll tell me about it so I know that you said it. You know what I mean? If they try to tell you the pilgrims and the Indians were friends, call them a motherfucking lie to their face. Say motherfucking lie. That's a motherfucking lie. And this is my revolution. This is how I'm, you know? Yeah. I didn't learn all that till I was 15. Imagine having a, a right diet from day one 
and knowing who you are from day one. And then send it as far as I got in the world, not knowing until I was 15. I always imagine how far my kids are going to get, knowing how to eat, knowing who they are, and knowing how to operate. And financial literacy is important too, you know. But my son, like I put him in basketball because he's a bit as a big black kid, you got to teach on team, like especially be kind, like you know what I mean. And I said, and then he's taller than everybody, and they're like, why don't you just steal the ball? And then he said, pop, pop, I that's not kind. That's so mean. They need their chance to shoot. And I was like, bro, I did too good of a job. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That is adorable. I can't steal the ball from you. It's unkind. It's oh, unkind. that is so precious. <laughs> and so I'm trying to raise kind and confident and strong, healthy, young Black people. I think that's the most revolutionary thing I can do. The revolution also too, is like, like you said, it can't be judged. Like the revolution looks different for me. BLM popped off. I had three kids and a wife. I can't be on the streets. You know, my grandfather operated a business through the civil rights movement, through the Watts riots. And that's why we last, our business is never knock on wood been burned down because we didn't have to put up a sign that said black owned because we were there every day. People in the community fought for us and said, don't touch this. We know this is ours because Mr. Bowers is here every day. Mrs. Bowers is here every day. When I walk down Central Avenue, people know me because of my family, even if I don't know them. People say, I remember you. You may not remember me, but I know. And that's the kind of, that still exists. And if we can get more people from Atlanta or whatever, maybe that's it. I never thought about that. To bring that, because you grew up with that vibe. I didn't really, you know, but bringing that love here, maybe that's what it is. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know. I'm just trying to, you know, finish my work as a rapper and then get out here every day and just, I'm going to meet people going to and from picking up my school at football practice and, you know, and we'll figure it out together and we'll find each other. Like we found each other, you know? Right. Not, and yeah. not, not on no star-crossed lover stuff, but like on community, like, like my A alike, B alike, C alike, that's the 5% knowledge, you know? And as we find each other, keeping those roots strong and what do you need, sis? Like, okay, cool. Interview. Cool. What's next? What are we doing next? You know, you on the album. Cool. Let's do this interview. Cool. What's next? Right. You know what I mean? And I know you're involved in lots of things. And if I can ever, you know, get down post-COVID, get down there and do things. But, you know, people are coming out the house now. My number, I know we record, but whatever. Like, for real, my number, I'll give it to you, you know, whatever you need. And also, like, I always say, like, if you guys want your clothes dry clean, you're paying for dry cleaning, please come to 2509 South Central Avenue and uh, support the business because we'll get you right, you know? Whether you, you know, we do the Metro, we do the police, we do the Dickies, we do everybody, the doctors, the, the choir roles, we got the whole community's wardrobe with the, you know, on the other side of the counter. So whoever you are, that's my mother is so great at that. Whether you, you get the same treatment, whether you're a sheriff or, or, or blood, like it don't matter. She's going to tell you, pull your pants up, but other than, <laughs> you know, yeah, um, you get the same service, the same price and the same smile. And um, that's what we've been doing and serving the community. I'm just trying to figure out how to expand upon. I never realized how valuable those principles were my mother and my grandfather put in me. Um, but serving my community the same way, whether through music or being a father or soccer coach or whatever I can do. Um, yeah, so let me know, sis, whatever you need. And I think I think you, um, I know you're doing a great job. I think what you're, what you're building is beautiful and can be bigger and bigger. And I want to see it grow and continue. So anyone you want to reach out to to get on the show, let me know. Is there a DJ Fresh episode? Huh? Is there a DJ Fresh episode? 
you know how fresh do fresh don't be liking all that talking first like the dude but i did tell him like when are you gonna come on the show like the fuck like we been we like we family bro. like why aren't you like can we talk about work ethic and perseverance and because you know fresh is oh, about God. that work ethic what, oh, you know, work ethic of like 10 people i can't stand him bro <laughs> i can't st- Bro, since he was a kid, he's a few years younger than me. He'd be, Merce, I got these beats. Merce, I got these beats. Merce, I got these beats. <laughs> I just like him. <laughs> no, no, just me, right? Not right now, Merce. No, just me, not right now. I'm going to hit you later. No, just me, not right now. And so when we were doing this album, like he gets busy because he has a lot of different artists. Yeah. And I, I would like feel, I feel bad bothering people sometimes. But him, I was like, you know, I started feeling bad. I was like, you know what? I said, I texted, I said, nigga, I'm going to hit you all the time because that's how you was on my line back in the day. So I feel no. If you tell me no, it's just me not right now, Fresh. <laughs> and then he's so cool with it, too, though, because, you know, he got that, that Baltimore, Oakland type of stuff. So, you know, he's going to be real smooth about it. Oh, okay, no, okay. That just means not right now. It's cool. Ain't no sweat in it. Cool. Yeah, it's like, nigga, it's one thing to know that in your head, but he used to say that to me. I'm like, no, you're supposed to just keep that in your head. Nigga, you're not supposed to tell me no means not right. I said, you're supposed to be No, Fresh, no. All right, that's all right, Merce. No, just me not right now. No, just me not right I'm like, that's what you're supposed to be telling you. That's the inner dialogue, bro. That's the inner dialogue. <laughs> but, man, this has been great. So 2509 Central. Yes, 2509. Get your clothes dry clean. Yep. And um, we're working on a, um, I'm working on a little store opening up on a block called South Central America, a song I did with Fresh. Oh, that's dope. Little little clothing line and um, alkaline water spot my brother going to bring in there. Um, oh, that's so exciting. So now I can go get alkaline water because I don't know where to get alkaline water from right here that's black. I have no idea. Yeah, my brother, the Asian dude he buys it from finally told him, like, you come here so much, you buy so much. I'm I I'll hook you up. I'll tell you how to get it done. Wow. Gave him the connect. So, yeah, so he gave him the plug because you know, my brother's serious about himself. My brother was my whole life, my brother been 350, 6'5. He's a big dude. And now he's on his diet and alkaline water. He's down to 200 and um, he's living wow. right. So he wants to keep that going. So I want to help him and help us. So yeah, that's, you know, that's the, another step. Um, tell me, I've been wanting to ask you about the Nipsey Hustle book club. Oh, so the book club is about honoring, cause you know, we, we South Central based. Like we did our, all of our meetings at Heron Coffee over in uh, Lamarck. Yeah, Chase. So, and then, one of his favorite bookstores was across the parking lot, which is S.O.N. S.O.N., yep. But then there was another bookstore that's less than a mile away at the Crenshaw Mall called Malik yeah. Books. Yep, so I learned about that through you. I was on Crenshaw when he passed. I was actually at Taco Mail in line because they was closed on Sunday, but Slutty Vegan is this vegan spot from Atlanta that... Oh, can you hear me? Because my internet is lagging. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Did it lag at all? It lagged a little bit, but now it's caught up. Okay, so Slutty Vegan Atlanta had did a pop up, and you know I had to fall through because them lines was long even back in Atlanta. So I said, "Damn, let me just try them in LA, whatever." And um, we had heard like all these helicopters start heading over towards Slauson. You know, Slauson is like, you know, yeah. you, you can kind of see the area from Crenshaw. From yeah, from from the Mart. Yeah, like Crenshaw Forty Third, where that um, where that Seven Eleven is. So like that corner. Yep. So I'm looking at all these helicopters. It's, it's one, then it's two, then it's like four. And I'm like, uh-oh, something must have happened. And as soon as that fourth one hit, they was like, hey, Nipsey has been shot. And I don't remember everybody spazzing because, you know, usually rappers survive. 
yeah. you know, when they're shot. But then they were like, no, there was a there was a shot to the to the head, and the energy just changed. So people were still kind of waiting in line. The line's not as jovial anymore. Um, and then right after I got my food, they said he passed away. And then like all you start hearing coming up and down Crenshaw was Nipsey stuff. So mind you, I'm still at the spot on the street, uh, you know, a couple of streets away. I'm walking back to the house and I'll, it's all I'm hearing. I heard like uh, Blue Laces, the original Blue Laces. You already know they have somewhat of a, a type of um, feel to it. And it was just yeah. like, damn, this is about to be a loss. That This is a big loss. Like I could feel it. Even as somebody that had just moved, even though I didn't find out about Nipsey to like, I found out about him like late 2000s, but Crenshaw was like my, like, yo, I like this, like this fire. Like I'm like for it. So I was like, man, this is about to be a monumental loss. So I called my homeboy Joe. He from West LA. And I was like, hey, man, like some this, we we gotta do something. And he was like, what you wanna do? I said, well, let's do a book club because he's always reading stuff. Every time you do an interview, he would say what he was reading. So I was like, yeah, let's let's do that if that's okay. He was like, cool, where well, you wanna do it? Chase Infinite, that's her, like her run coffee was one of my favorite spots. And Chase and his wife own the spot. So I was like, hey, can we do our book clubs here? And he was like, cool so the way i looked at it was it's a way to honor an ancestor that's of this area we can support black business by having it at the coffee shop after the meetings we will always take a trip to Esalon. people will either pre-order the next book or go um buy whatever books they wanted and then um we would still refer them to malik too so it was like we still were supporting not only like nip and and the legacy and respecting the community also putting black dollars back into the community too right so that's what we have been doing non-stop since may of 2019 i gotta try to get on it man these and kids don't let me read it's a small community i love it because i'm like at the end of the day when it comes to deaths right of any capacity it can either be a way we can react to it like constructively or destructively we've seen that happen i mean remember the james brown the old school concert the night james brown say boston yeah, because people were upset about MLK's death. Yes, rightfully so. But it's just like it's we have so many ways that we can channel the pain of losing someone so great. So for me, I'm like I'm gonna channel it into making sure that I stay on top of my reading because he has a really great taste in books too. I was like, hmm, okay, and we have so many books we can do like three years worth of meetings. We coming up on two years in in uh in May, so it's like we still are on the first go round of um of books. And even if we don't have books, then, you know, there's other people around him that have read books. We could read books that they've read. So it's like, either way, it just keeps going no matter what. So um, COVID ain't stopped shit over here when it came to the book club. So if anything, I think um, it just kind of helped us kind of stay focused. But there's a Toronto chapter that wants to start that um, there's different chapters that popped up. Like there was a chapter in Dallas, Fort Worth. There was a DC chapter. There was a Chicago chapter. So the only thing that we asked was just, hey, like, don't make no money because we don't make money off of the book club at all. It's not that kind of party. We don't promote. I don't even promote spiritual homegirl. I don't do none of that shit. So it was always about keeping the the intent and the presentation pure. Like, don't try to call Chase or none of that stuff. Don't try to use his name to make money because, you know, at the end of the day, we here. So we don't want to associate with people that are taking advantage and we still have to live here every day. So we were always been clear about making sure that the efforts have been pure when it comes to starting like chapters and stuff like that, at least in terms of being like associated with us, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, we can, you can start your own chapter. Yeah. But in terms of like being associated with 
us, so to speak, we're very, very clear. Don't don't put your brand to none of this shit. Don't build your brand off of off of an ancestor. It's disrespectful. So that's kind of what we what we do um, with the book club. We've done some community stuff too. Like sometimes, like we spoke on a panel about financial education and things like that. Um, we were working actually on doing a book drive before COVID. That was the oh, plan. Wow, we okay. to do a book drive. That's what we wanted to do, and then COVID happened, and then obviously. So now. We're working on figuring out how can we impact the community outside, even though we're all inside, you know? Right, right, right. Yeah. It's a lot to do. Okay. Yeah. When, I, when these yeah. boys get older and I get back to reading again, I'm a, um, I'm definitely get on with y'all. So I've been wanting to sit down with that's a good dream of mine. I know some people dream about going back to the club when their kids get old enough and blah, blah, blah. I'm, I want to go to y'all one of y'all meetups and have read the book and that's something I've never done. I realized that like I've never sat in a room full of black people that have all read the same book and talked about it. That's not the Bible. Wow. Or Dr. York books. I used to go to Dr. York class. So that's that those two were like not religiously based. Right. Um, I don't know. And I think my generation is different. Like my cousins, I don't relate to them. Like the HBCU college educated black kids like that's not my era and it's so hard for me that's my mindset i just feel like i was ahead of my time in that way like because like i said like the weekend's younger than me and got dreads like me and blah blah and it was cool for him right you know tyler was cool for skateboarding and it was like i was like man nigga, i was like just born 10 years too early you um, paved the way for them no Mars. yeah maybe ain't no um, maybe the fuck like you paved the way <laughs> for that like come on now if they had, if there had not been a merge to even introduce that type of stuff, you think that love still would have been the same? I don't think so. Yeah, maybe. I don't think so. I just always, I think there's just been, I guess there's just more. Like Will One X, Will I Am, niggas don't know. Like he a real nigga. You know what I mean? He was signing Ruthless Records. Like he was. Will I Am? Yeah. Will One X. And when I came up being weird, niggas always be like, nigga, you like Will One X. Cause, hey, blood, you look like Will One X. Nigga, I'm like, who the fuck is Will One X? But he was a dark-skinned <laughs> weirdo nigga before I was, wearing thrift store clothes and just... So there's always been people that walk the line, you know what I mean? But they just came in force in this generation, man. You know what I mean? Like, Exhibit was one of the ones a little older than me, you know what I mean? Like, I'm hard, I'm tough, but I'm not gangbanging, you know what I mean? I got bars. Like, it was... It's been a slow build to this explosion, and uh, I just need... To, I want to be able to go back and sit with the younger generation and just be not be an elder, just be like, I just wanted to do, this is what I've been waiting all my life to do. It's just be with black people doing smart shit, but not having to be with white people. You know what I mean? Yeah. I love going to Esawan, but I was the only youngster in Esawan in my era. Like it wasn't, it was me. That's how me and Chase are friends. Cause it was very few of us. We all knew each other and we all met at Lemur. And it was just like, you know, and now he is running something Lemur, and I could bring my kids there and we can all go to Esawan. But now I'm like, oh, there's more young people eating vegan, reading books. And I'm like, I need to just take a step back and uh, and be a part of it. So I can't wait. Um, I think I got about six more months where I get them all sleeping through the night and I can start reading again. Well, that's dope. But whenever, you, whenever you're ready, we gonna be here. We ain't going nowhere. So we, we gonna be here. So, you know. And Lamert is still popping on the weekends. Uh, you yeah. Know. So. I know. Some are socially distanced, you know, for the most part, it's been 
kind of socially distanced around. I had to pop into uh Tasika and go get this fire jacket. Oh my god, they got this fire African print jacket. It's reversible. It's black. I was like, oh, I gotta get this. I gotta take my pictures. They are. Oh my god! Shout out to Seeker. Shout out to Mimi. Shout out to Milan. Man, they got some fire stuff in there. And then I go to Napoli Naturals to get my herbs. I be stockpiling herbs. I still got herbs from like November that I bought. So they're also black owned. So I, I literally, I go live and play. Like I go, I'm all up in there when it comes to like stuff. Hot and cool, same thing. If Tony in there, I stop and say hello to Tony if he's in there. If not, Honey Blue, she's a dope ass female rapper too. She's conscious as a mug. If she working, okay. I holler at her. So it's just like, it's just, it's the community. Like, it's just, I just love it. Yeah, hey, I feel bad for how, people have to understand, like, why come? I'm coming with three little boys that tear shit up. They That's completely understandable. We yeah, no, but behind cool has always been cool with it. My kids will be up on that throne. They'll be in and out, running up and down. So it's just, you know, when you see me, you know that I'm not being, not talkative or nothing. I just got to keep my eye out for Little niggas running more. around in the street. Yeah, they. <laughs> I come know, through. Boys are active. Yeah, I come through, but I, I, you know, I want them to see you. I want, you know, like one of the first time my son sees someone play an instrument, he was like, "What's that?" You know? Yeah. Because somebody's out in Lamert playing a sax, and it's like, "This is what I wanted from you." Or someone out there painting, and they get to see that. Um, yeah. And I, you know, and people are respectful, but you know, they get to run through S one. So I, I'm feeling you. I just can't wait to now that I, I'm. Because with them also, like, I don't know who wants to socially distance and my kids don't understand that, really. You know what I mean? I've been trying to... Yeah. Not. Sh- I don't want them to learn a masked way of life. I don't. So I've been kind of just laying back, but it's it's getting time. Man. Oh, shit. Uh, Tony Baker ringtone. I even got black black on ringtones. <laughs> Shout out to Tony Baker. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to see if he want to do this. Um, sit down with you. He's a good brother. He's funny good. as hell, too. Yeah, good, funny vegan nigga, man. He's funny. I didn't know he was vegan. Um, but yeah, I want to see if y'all. Yeah. I didn't know that. I want to see if y'all. I'm gonna see if this this um my enroll my kid in this school. I'm gonna see Nipsey Hustle Book Club come read to the kids. That'd be dope. I would love that. Like we spoke at um Cerritos College for their Black History program last year. Cause it was like a dual program between shout out to Irma, because Irma was a member and she happened to work at Cerritos. So she was like, Can y'all come speak to our our students about the importance of reading and, and stuff like that? And I was like, Great. So me and Joss led through there. It was a part, it was about like griots in terms of like Toni Morrison and Nipsey Hustle. Cause you know, Toni Morrison had passed around the same time frame. So it was oh, a yeah. really dope. Um, it was really dope. It was really dope. I forgot about time. So many people pass away that it, it hits me in waves sometimes. Like John Singleton, Nipsey, like it's it just, you know, it's been a lot. And it's still not over. We try to contain it in one year and still it's a moment. This I don't know what we're going to call this moment, but it's been a moment. It is a moment. Yeah, my heart breaks for LA. Like, and that's why, like, even as somebody that lives here, I get, I take it a little personal when somebody tries to talk about LA because I'm like, y'all don't know. Like, Y'all don't live here. Y'all don't know what it's like. So you cannot talk about LA. Don't say nothing about LA. I don't even care if you're from Atlanta. Don't say shit about LA. It's a whole different <laughs> environment here that you're never going to understand completely until you live here. I'm still learning. It's been two and a half years, almost. So I'm just like, let's like, let's, let's not. Let's not. Let's <laughs> not speculate. Let's not do none of that stuff. Let's not. Let's not. 
So yeah, that's that's basically my perspective. Like just keep LA out your mouth. <laughs> I'm gonna sound messed up, like keep LA out your motherfucking mouth. But that's how I feel about Atlanta too. So it's just like, like, come on now. Like, let's just learn. Let's learn before we speak authoritatively. Cause our society is moving into a very sound bite culture to where all we need is two minutes and we think that we've gotten the gist of a 75 minute clip. And that's not the case. Yeah, no, nah, that's not it's not it. Mm. And still, like, my thing is like that's why like with this album, like I've always been trying to not to say cuz or whatever. And I'm like, man, look, it's a conversation, bro. If me saying cuz or blood offends you, just let me know and I won't say it. Like it's, it's like does it doesn't always have to end in a fight or violence. You know what I mean? And that's what we got. It's okay, okay. What you think about LA? That's cool. I think that's about Detroit. And okay. <laughs> like it's not gonna change the way Detroit operates. It's not gonna stop Detroit money. It's not gonna stop LA money. Like, let's agree to disagree or find a common ground. But what about these kids? Like, I want you to, and that's why I just try not to say anything about black people in person, but LA is sensitive. And another young LA rapper said it to me, and I don't know who it was, one of these niggas, but they was like, nigga, we sensitive. That's why I tell niggas all the time. We kill each other over colors. Watch what, watch what the fuck you say. Like LA niggas are sensitive. I'll just come out and say it. So that way you can treat me like a little flower, however you want to say it, but know that I'm sensitive and I'll react a certain way. And I had to get out of that mentality right. or just, we both react. Let's react. Let's go off. And then let's, after we get all it out, let's sit down. But killing and fighting the violence is just the, the end result is like, that. so what? Like that's my thing. Like, and then you beat me up or I beat you up. Does that make your point wrong? You could have a right point of view and no squabbles. Right. If I say two plus two is five and I kick your ass, that don't make two plus two five. <laughs> I'm still wrong. Right. I just got hit. <laughs> like since when, like that's my that's why I got to the house. Like I could beat you up, but what is that gonna change? Right. Or you could beat me up. You ain't gonna change my if you're gonna change my mind, it could have been done with words either way. And um, that's what we have to realize. Like the nigga who's living, who did the shooting, isn't the isn't right. He's just a nigga that shot a nigga. You know what I mean? That don't mean a nigga that died was a bitch or a coward. Like, you don't got to be a bitch to die from a bullet wound. But for somehow we equate that with winning and the final word and, you know what I mean? And it's not. It's just not. And it's okay not. That's why I love the rosters because they say reasoning or the guys say building. It's always building to the truth. You know what I mean? There's very real, like mathematics is the finite truth. Other than that, there's room to discuss. There's room for interpretation and see it as reasoning instead of trying to win. This is crazy in the dopest of ways. You know Shaheem, right? Yeah, I just, I was, I was listening to y'all. I'm just like, what are the odds of me talking to him and he's talking about mathematics. I've had supreme understanding on my show about three years ago. You know, supreme understanding is about that whole mathematics life. I got to I got to look at. I like, how many I'm three? You Instagram because he changed his name. Instagram trying to get him up out of here because you know how okay. they go. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I'm just like, damn. What are the chances that like now I have somebody else speaking about mathematics? Like that is just. That's that's wow in a, in a really dope way. Like I just think that's just it's interesting because that that wasn't planned at all. Yeah, no, I was. It's funny because that was the last one. I was like, oh, she has Shaheem on. I've been wondering what happened to him. And I got like five minutes in before my kids start yelling and I can't hear. Um, 
I didn't know he had been locked up. I'm glad he's home. You know what I'm saying? I saw he had like clothing lines. So, like I always want to support. Yeah, them um, jumpsuits is fire. I don't know if you've seen them. No, like, I didn't get to see him yet. On his Instagram, he rapping and he got different like sweatsuits. Them, them, them sweatsuits is fire. I'm like, all right, Shy, I see you. You out here? Yeah, I'm out to support. You out here doing your thing? I'm happy for him. I'm really happy for him. Man, I love it. I love it. I love us. Now, is there anything that you want the world to know? Because I mean, you done did probably thousands of interviews at this point, but for this one, is there anything else that you want us to know about? MERS or just about your view on South Central or just your view in terms of a community standpoint like what else would you like for us to know before we wrap up you know it's been real interesting and I know after I do this um I was very very do or die marry a black woman or kill me and that led me into ultimately my first divorce you know what I mean Mm -hmm. and um I feel I feel a lot of heat. Like my wife is Brazilian, um, brown skin Brazilian, but still Brazilian, not black. And uh, when we go places, there's just like this this feeling, and I'm like, that has to stop. Like you're not gonna meet a more pro black person. You know what I mean? Like I said before earlier in the interview, like my wife chose to live here. Like you know what I mean? I know like I know there are, and I and I didn't know like I'd done some interracial dating before, and I never noticed this. But with my wife, I started looking. I was like. If we have a wedding and all the black people on my side and all the non-black people on your side, you're not the person for me to marry. I like my wife because she has just as many friends in my community as me. Before she met me, before she was dating, you know, she just has black female friends, black male friends. And when people come to the house, they're not always white people or Brazilian people. And I think that that's the effort. And to me, a community and building with people of color and still drawing the line. Like my wife doesn't say she's black and she's, you know what I mean? Because yeah. she's raising black sons. She, there's a difference. But I just think that uh, it's it's bigger than than skin color. Like who's here showing up every day? Um, my my wife wants the best for her black sons and, and your black children. And when we're patronizing a black business, it's, it's really weird when people start to disrespect, but it's also, I understand because I was that person. I was that person until I realized, like I had to talk to my mom because I was, like I said, we started this on the love of a strong black woman. You know what I mean? I had to talk to my mom because my mom was, when I was younger, she can't use my comb, don't bring her home. Yeah, I've heard that before. Straight, straight up. Say that to a, to a, a girl face, <laughs> like cold. And then when she started the drama I was going through, and it's not a lot of the problems I had are black people have a hard time getting together. And that's a mountain we have to climb, you know? But my mom saw what I went through and she was like, you know, finding a woman that can support a musician that's been as well-traveled, that understands everything, that's gonna be, that's one in a million. And I could wait till I'm 50 to find, you know, my mom, her friends was great grandmas before she was a grandma. At a point, she was just like, gone. Like, you know what I mean? Right. And be happy. And uh, it took me a long time to get out of my marriage because of that rot. So if there's any young Black people feeling like you're not Black if you marry outside the race, to me, you're not Black. You're never not Black. Joe Biden can't tell you you're not Black if you didn't vote for him. You're not not Black if you voted for Trump. Taking people's Blackness away hurts us more than anything. It's about your actions. 
you're not pro-black. Now, everybody's not pro-black. You know what I mean? But you black, no matter what you do, you know, even we know that like Michael Jackson, you're going to come back. OJ, you got to come back, bro. Like, you know, ain't nowhere to go. They ain't taking you over there. You bleach your skin. You can do whatever you want. You with us. Now, whether you pro-black or not, you can take people's pro-black card because what are you doing? You know what I mean? And we think like we talked about you need, we need to start taking a pro-black card away from people who are all talk. Um, so I think that if I could say anything about me, like that's, that's the new thing about me. Um, like I live in a black community and sometimes black women will disrespect my wife and not openly, but just like, oh, hey, and speak to me and not speak to her, you know? And it's just like, you know, she's, she's here. This is not a, I'm not a trophy black husband. We didn't move out to the valley. We didn't, you know, she lives in the hood. You know, when we go eat, she go, you know, I'm very particular when I go eat, we go in a room, we go in a Mo Better Meaty Meat Burger, we go, you know what I mean? Yeah. If I buy you some underwear, it's going to be beast mode. Like if I, it's, it's, you know, we for real with it. And um, start judging the content of what you see and get in to know people before. Because I go to, like, it's hard for me. I don't back down from it. I'm going to Lamert Park. Like, you know what I mean? Right. But, um. I wish it was a hurdle that I didn't have to hurdle. Like I didn't, you know, I did, I did marry a black woman. It didn't work out. You know what I mean? I've adopted black children. You know what I mean? That's another thing. Like people, you trust my pro blackness. Like I use my, I didn't buy no money. I bought, you know, it cost me cool, cool 40,000 to adopt my son. You know what I mean? Because I said they're a black, I can volunteer at a school. I can do anything, but I can take a, if I can stop a black kid from going to foster care, and now how much have I put into this kid over 18 years? You know what I mean? Right. Like you want to flex? You want to talk about money and investment in our community? Like if all of you guys was, you know, like, okay, you're a single black woman, you whatever, go adopt a black child, raise a black man. If you can't find one you love, you know, and that's all you want, make sure the next generation has one that's worthy of the love of a black woman. There's so many things you could do rather than criticize people. When people question my blackness because I didn't marry black, it's the most, you know what I'm saying? My family's had a black business in South Central for 70 years. I'm adopting black children. I'm raising three black boys who most likely go to public school in a black community. Um, who I married is, is no, number one, none of your business, but how is that detrimental to our community? Um, I grew up seeing my mom date nothing but black men and they were horrible. You know, mm -hmm. I think teaching our men to respect all women and love black women is good. I know that I know that black women need more help than any other woman. And because I'm not married to one doesn't mean I'm not going to do something for black girls. Um, so that, I think that's a strong stuff. If I could say anything new about me, because I was definitely on the other side watching people date other races and being judgmental and pointing fingers and rolling eyes. But life will humble you. I'm I am now humbled. So basically, this whole experience in terms of your your relationships and your marriages, that's been the humbling experience that has somewhat changed your it sounds like it's changed your perspective a lot. It sounds like it's like yeah. different. Oh man, it's humbled me um so much. Um yeah. It definitely has. It definitely humbled me. Um my um ultra black over everything. It just, you know. Yeah. But it didn't make me any less black. It just made me found new space in my blackness. That um, And I'm usually 10, 12 years ahead anyway. So, you know, I'm a, 
And oh, and for you, you had a sister that was hard of hearing, and I don't know if I'm messing it up. Um, She's technically deaf and hard of hearing. She actually deaf. put me on game because she said without her hearing aids, she's deaf. She can't hear anything. But with her, um, with her implants or with her um, hearing aids, she is hard of hearing. Did you catch that part? The internet kind of cut out. Did you, yes. did you catch that? Yeah, I got you. Yeah. Okay, so she's so she is deaf, deaf and, and hard of hearing. hearing. She's both. So for those people, I always I hate to promote this like that, but um, Ninth Wonder has been my partner for pause, but like you know, what I mean, partner in in music for years, and yeah. my brother and my friend, his daughter who was born in the midst of us knowing each other, um, is hard of hearing, um, and I don't I don't she's not deaf, but she's severely impacted without her implants, mm-hmm. and um, I have a song with a black woman who I think is one of the greatest MCs of all time, Rhapsody. Yes! And we both love his daughter, and her name is Jay Death, and she does beats like her daddy. What? And she made the beat for a song called High Noon, which is the top streaming song from my last album with Knife Wonder. And so if that community is listening, um, if you could rally around, sis, and um, continue, you know, just... She's done a couple beats for Rhapsody. She's done a couple beats for me, but she makes them... Cause her dad, you know, she's been around us making music her whole life. So she, I think she's 16, 17 now. But she made that beat when she was 14 or 15 years old. And it's the number one slap on the whole album. People think Knife did it. And when I, cause I, you know, I know her, I said, baby, sit down and play me what you got. And I was like, Ooh, I want that one. I want that one. And I just looked at Knife. I was like, it's a rap for you. <laughs> Niggas coming to me all the time. Like, Oh, I got beats just like Knife. And I hear him I'm like, nah, her, she got his number. He's done. <laughs> she the future. So, um, if there's anybody that is hard of hearing or deaf in that community that thinks that they want to do music, it is possible. No one has to know. You know what I mean? Like you, you can't tell when someone, I couldn't tell. It's in her soul. It's, it's in you, not on you. And um, so push, I want to push out to speaking of black woman. She's a young black woman who's amazing at basketball and also amazing at making, she's multi-talented. Um, and I'm sure there's more people from that community that can do those things that maybe feel like they can't or that no one wants to place them, their beats or people, you know, it works. She's six and she's only 15. I'm sure there's some people in that community that have been doing it for years. And um, if I can help, you know, put your beats out there or your music out there, let me know how I can be an ally. Um, and I, that, yeah, I thought that was real. You know, when I saw your Instagram and she was breaking it down, don't say you feel sorry for me. Don't, you know, those are, um, things that we need to learn as we're expanding our community because we need all the love we can get and we need to share all the love and build us up. Um, and that shouldn't be another barrier. And so, like you said, I'm, I'm learning like you are how to be sensitive and respectful of that community. Yeah, this is the year of understanding, period. Like for me, I'm like, all right, it's been, I've been doing this for four and a half years. It first started off as like a, just, you know, homegirl stuff. And then I was like, oh, this is a platform. Oh snap! Okay, I didn't realize. So now I'm like, it's a responsibility that comes with that. So for me, I'm like, all right, let me. I went to Afros and Audios. It's a black podcasting conference last year, and that's how I got the idea of from. I think the account is Power Not Pity, and they were like, look, like there's black disabled people out here that y'all are, um, or people living with disabilities, excuse me, that are black that y'all are looking over. Like we're here, we have something to say, we do a couple things in the community. Like, what's up? And I was like, damn, I felt called out. I was like, wow. But in a good way, I was like, you know what? You're right. 
we do need to we do need to work together and we working on scheduling an interview um hopefully next week and then with um and then kalina dev queen boss who is who you're talking about that i interviewed i found her on clubhouse random i was like what i literally have been thinking like i need to get people that are um more people that aren't as able-bodied so we can talk and get perspectives I want to know what it's like for people that live with disabilities. I want to know their perspective. I want their stories. I want to get to know them. I want to know how to support them. And then she just popped up. And I was like, damn, there it go. I was like, all right, cool. Let's talk. And she was like, great. So, and she's such a, she has a really sweet spirit. So she's a sweetheart. She's a sweetheart. So she's writing a book too. So I'm like, whenever that book is done, boo, we can come right back over here. I'll buy a book. I'll give away a book. You know, like also yeah. I'll support on my end, no doubt. Cause it's a really good, I want her to like, also teach corporations how to be really diverse and inclusive. You know, it's not just race. It's also people that live with disabilities as well. Intersectionality and all that, you know, all that stuff. But she was like, yeah, like she wants to just, she wants to be that person. So I'm like, man, you can do whatever you want to do. Just, just do it. Take it one day at a time and just do it. That's dope. I got to listen to that. When I said, when I get a chance, I need to Shaheem episode. I'm gonna finish. And that was next on my list. Yeah, we had some, um, man, Zoom was tripping with that Shaheem interview. I was pissed. I'm like, first of all, Shaheem <laughs> is like, Shaheem is dope. Like, Shaheem is really dope. He's a dope person. He's really oh, yeah. dope. And yeah, he, you can tell he's really mature. He's mature so much. Yeah, you put him back on my radar. I was really thankful for that. Yeah, he about to bring some heat too. Maybe y'all can work together. Who knows? Yeah, if he's a fan, you know, I was, that's another thing too is, um, yeah, I came out as an advocate for gay rights and I kissed a man in the video. Niggas lost their mind. I remember that shit. They was mad. It was a lot of people yeah. that was mad. And I was like, like Mercy's bringing attention to the situation. But same, same thing. It's just like, but that was even worse because I was like, nigga, get down where you mad at. No one said anything to my face. One person tried to say something. I jumped up so quick. And it became a non-issue. But he wasn't even one of the gangbanger ones. Like, I hear rumors and mumbling from the hardcore dudes. This was just a regular dude, another rap dude. No gangs. And he tried to say something. And I jumped up so quick. And I was like, well, and, and what? And now what? You know? And then what? Like I said, you going to beat me up? I'm going to beat you up? And then what? It's wrong to be gay because you want to fight? Or it's right to be? That's not how I'm going to change your mind, bro. You know? Right. And uh, so, yeah, that's... Uh, I forgot about that. Yeah. So I don't like, you know, so I never know who wants to work with me or who secretly doesn't return my calls because of that. It still has repercussions, but I'm comfortable on the right side of it. You know? Yeah. That's what happens um, when you're a trailblazer. Yeah. So that's it. Speaking of that though, for all the hetero people, I got a, I got a book recommendation. I, I love this book. It's called I'm in love with the cocoa. And we were shooting my video called, um, I forget the name of the video. It doesn't matter. I was on one of my strange, we were in Kansas City in the hood and they wanted to get a trap house. And we asked somebody mama house or auntie house, something that was ill with cancer, I didn't know. But you know, the, we were paying for the set, so it helped, you know, okay. she just kind of stayed in the back. And then uh, the dudes who, one of his cousins was coming over and then he said, hold on, hold on, hold on, I gotta take this call. Okay, you got the books? You got the books? All right, bring the books over. And I said, oh, these niggas about to do a whole ass deal in the middle of niggas talking about bringing the books. And so we went shooting and then a nigga walked in, but he walked in with that confidence. Like this is my mama house, there's my auntie house. And I saw, and then we're just white people. And I said, so I said, let me, I stepped out front. Like, what's going on, man? What's up? Hey, what y'all doing? Who this? I'm like, blah, blah, woo, woo, woo. Like, boom. And I'm like, all right, all right. We're such, such. I'm like, oh, he in the back with your auntie. It's like, okay. And then he really came out with a book though. <laughs> he had just came home and we was locked up. He wrote a book. I think it's D.S. Jones. 
and it's called I'm in love with the cocoa. And it's like hood erotica and I, it's my guilty pleasure. I love this book, bro. I love, I loved every minute of this, but it could have been because I was a, a divorced male going through <laughs> hard times. I don't know, but I always like, you know, you have black readers listening um, or non-black readers. If you want some, probably if you're not black, it'd probably be really exciting to you, but you can tell like it's written from a lot of people who feel scholarly enough, haven't lived a street life. You could be black and not be familiar with the streets. Right. And then you could be, familiar with the streets but not familiar with it was a great balance like he wrote well enough it wasn't no Stephen King or nothing like that but it wasn't I felt like I was reading I didn't feel like I was being dumbed down but I enjoyed the book for what it was thoroughly right um and it dropped right I don't know how he came out with it the same time as the song came out he must have wrote that quick the song was still hot when I'm in love with the cocoa but it's COCO yeah. I think it's DS Jones it's still one of my favorite, but it's in my top five books of all time. Oh, it's like that. I love it. Um, but I, you might think I'm a pervert. You might think of a lot of things, but um. I mean, you made a song called "Freak These Tales." I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, I've been, I've been on that. Yeah, I'm yeah. definitely. And what's oh, Hedy Murphy? That's another that too. Hedy Murphy too. That's on the latest as well. Yeah. I mean, I'm a vegan. Yeah. That yeah. First off, that's one of my favorites. But every time I hear that line. She a vegan, but she, I'm like, damn it, Mars. Really? <laughs> really? Oh, that shit got me crying. That's my shit, though. I love that song. I do. I love it. Yeah, hope, stay tuned. Hopefully, we're going to do a commercial with Vegan Mob based on that song. <laughs> um, That'd be dope. Yeah, so I, 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 I really, you know, Fresh was definitely making that song happen. We was in Maui, and just some girls that was going to be in our new video, like, we were recording and all. He's like, "Hey, come here!" And you hear him at the beginning say, "Hey, say, bitch, I'm a vegan." Yeah. I was like, "What you doing, fresh?" He's like, "Watch, not just go." He said, "This vegan songs, but this ain't no song for vegan niggas, man." You know, fresh. You niggas need a vegan song. You a nigga make a nigga vegan. Song. God, you sound just like him. <laughs> and I was like, "All right, all right, all right." And I was like, "And it just it was it slap." You know what I mean? It and did. I was like, "Cool." My kids say it. But my, my son, he's two. He don't really understand. But he'd be like, because I said I don't eat burgers, but I, we eat vegan. We eat, you know, Impossible from Fat Burger like every right. other week here, you know. And my mom, and my mom, my, my wife, whatever, she makes uh, she makes vegan burgers at the oven, you know what I mean? And so he's like, daddy, daddy eat burgers. Daddy eat burgers. Daddy, not, daddy why he saying not eat burgers? Aww. That's rude. That's rude. He do eat burgers. That's like, I do. But then he don't understand. But yeah, man, that song is um, that song is special. That um, fresh is special. I wish. I hope he does this show, man. I hope he does. Do I mean we doing a whole project together? It's like you gonna have to come on the show at some point, fresh. Whenever yeah, this project need, finishes up. When you dropping your book? When you dropping your album? Let's go. Man, so <laughs> it was supposed to be Q one of this year, and then there's a book that I'm writing too. So it's just like, I mean, it's a. It's, it's coming this year. It has to come this year. I want to make sure that I'm prepared because I don't want to drop nothing and I don't have no plan for it. So You know what? I When it's niggas, I rush niggas. I be like, stop waiting. Just put it out. But when a woman says it, it's always like, I think like y'all give birth. So you guys understand divine timing more than we do. I'm yeah. not, I don't, I don't rush. I'll rush, probably rush a woman to get dressed. But with a creative thing, mm-hmm. 
I'm not going to, so I know you're going to drop it in the right time and we will be here to receive it for sure. I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm waiting on it, but patiently. So much life has happened in between that idea when me and first discussed it and to now. So there's probably maybe like 20 or 30 tracks of just shit talking, to be honest. Like, and at first it was like, we had one direction we wanted to go into. And then um, I was like, yo, first, what do you think about like adding some knock to this though? And he was like, and then he actually came back with an idea and I said, that's it, that's it, that's it. So now it's like the energy is different from when we first started working. So now it's just like, let's ride this energy out and then put it out from there. And then I think I have, there's another idea I'm working on too that has nothing to do with this that I need to like figure out how to protect first because I think that when I launch it, it's going to be really fucking fire. So it's been a lot of like pivoting and rearranging, but Fresh is, Fresh is not a project. That's definitely coming out. Like it's coming out, period. So yeah, I can't. Like, I'm wait. proud to say I got a DJ Fresh project. Like the fuck, I like. Yeah, let's talk about that. It's a nice show. So I'm happy to be like a part of that. Yeah, I still got to get my Tonight Show off. He think we do Love and Rockets three. We're gonna do a Tonight Show because this was supposed to be a Tonight Show. Yeah, I remember. And now, and now, I, I definitely got to be a part of that legacy. I got to have an official ass Tonight Show. Like, I want know. one too. I'm a, I wonder if he gonna do it under the tonight show or if it's gonna be something different. We had a working title, but I'm like low key. I kind of want my. I want the tonight show. Like yeah, you do it like me. Double back on him. I know because he he needs to expand his brand. I understand that. You know what I mean? You know we he like, got the beats for it too. He got thousands of beats. Yeah, so I'm like, we'll just double back. We take you know because there's songs that didn't make this album not because they weren't good, just they didn't feel right. Because like I said, this is more of a LA like, you know. But to me, it still has a little lot of the bay. I was because I you know. I was raised in the Bay, um, as far as my mental, like my hustle and my, right. my, my ingenuity. Right. Um, but yeah, I think, I think, yeah, we got a couple, we might, hopefully I'm trying to get him to turn into a Tonight Show. So yeah, go do the new thing and then double back on it. Be like, yeah, I need that Tonight Show featuring Spiritual Homegirl. I need that. And I'll still talk on anybody's rap albums if necessary. I like doing that kind of stuff. I always wanted to be like one of the little skit girls growing up because they were so funny. I still want to name my, my daughter Peaches after the Girl on the Outcast album. Yo, Kim and Cookie. I don't know if you remember um, Stank On You, where the girl and her, they're like, hey, girl, you ain't going to believe what happened. Yeah, 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 yeah. And do at the club, thinking I'm going to get caught up. Like, that, I always thought those were so funny. And I was like, me and my homegirls talk crazy just like this all the time. Like, I've always wanted to talk on rap albums like that, just, just for the hell of it. I didn't know it was ever going to happen. <laughs> until fresh came about now, was like this is crazy yeah you gotta do more of it i'm excited we gonna see fresh always puts me in the mix that's one thing i can't say like fresh fresh will look out he'll look out so shout yeah. out to dj fresh speaking into existence again on this show because i know you're busy right now making beats <laughs> and flexing on everybody about how dope you are because you never stop working damn it <laughs> Just take an hour out of your day to talk to me. Not on FaceTime. All you got to do is, yeah, re just record a FaceTime or live. Get on IG Live, whatever, and just record it. And trick him into it. <laughs> right. You know, because Fresh is not, Fresh is a doer, okay? Like, even when we took the photos for the project, I didn't know it was for me. I thought it was for him, and I was just taking a few photos off of whatever he was doing. I didn't know the shoot was for me until the very end. <laughs> I said, fresh, why you went to, and then we sitting on the couch and I'm like, you don't take, like, are you going to take pictures? He's like, yeah, 
I'll take him in a little bit. I said, are you sure? And then when I realized it's for me, I'm like, why are you coming in so late? We've been shooting for an hour. He's like, this is for you, Bree. I was like, I didn't know. Oh, my <laughs> God. At first, it was like, I don't really do so many pictures. I don't really do so many pictures. I was like, all right, let's just take these four. I'm, I'm telling you, Max took four. If I remember correctly, four to five pictures, maybe six tops of just me and him. I'm like, damn, Fresh really just be out the way. He be in the studio and he be on live. In the studio, on the phone about some business, out the way. Yeah. So I'm going to get him in the way this time because I really want yeah. people to understand his mind when it comes to how he approaches working. Yeah, that's that's that's, that's that needs to happen. All right, my kids are about to ruin this whole thing. All right, so let me go ahead and wrap this interview up. I'm going to turn the recorder off. Y'all, y'all heard it first. The man, the myth, the legend, Murs. Blackity black ass interview. Support the business. What was it 2509 Central? 2509 Central Ave. All right, go get your clothes dry clean. I'm going to bring my clothes up there. Um, tap in with Love and Rockets 2 um, because, you know, obviously he done told us he going to quit this rap shit at some point in time. So please <laughs> run them streams up. I'm not saying that because I'm on the project. I'm saying it's a really good project. I think y'all did some good work. I think Fresh did some of his best work, period, on that album. I told him that. I said he's jumped out of so many different zones. Y'all fit perfectly. The chemistry is just so great musically between y'all. Um, what else? I'll tell you about the book club whenever you get a moment because I know you got kids you raising. And um, yeah, where can people find you? That's the last um, thing I want to ask you. Social media, Twitch, all that stuff. Yeah, Merch 316, M-U-R-S-316 and twitch.tv slash M-U-R-S. I'm there every day from four to six. About to hop on there right now. Matter of fact, um, I'll be freestyling, make, rapping words in the chat because like I said, I'm trying to rap as much as I can while I'm still here. And get better on these youngsters done got 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 ahead of me a bit so i'm on there freestyling and watching new videos staying up they help me you know still help me stay up on what's new so slide through um black people definitely need a bigger presence on twitch um so start your own channel start streaming whatever you want to do if you have any questions come in the chat and you can ask me so y'all heard it. Merge the resource. Merge the father, because I hear the babies in the background. Yes. Merge the rapper. Merge and if you have a, a young black child that wants to play video games, that was skateboarding. My, I was skateboarding at a young age. My mom, you don't break your neck, ain't no money in it. And now, look at it. Right. Video games are get your kid a scholarship. I have a homegirl that's a young black homegirl that just got a scholarship to UC Irvine for playing video wow. games. She's in esports. It's a real thing. So take that seriously with your kids if they want to apply themselves because that could be your ticket to and pretty soon it's going to filter down to high school level you can get them into a nice high private high school if you want it could definitely pay for their college and they can actually have a career in it or go into designing them or be a streamer you know if they're entertaining while they play video games you can hear your kid through the door yelling and screaming and might they make you chuckle figure out how to hook them up on twitch it's already in the ps5 it's in the ps4 just put a webcam on there and you can monitor it and you can help your kid start a business, get them a YouTube channel. Um, all those things are real things. I know a lot of black parents don't believe something that's fun can be um, lucrative. And that's, you know, that's why my mama stopped me from skateboarding. I still wish she didn't do that. Right. Um, so there's lots of things that these kids can do. So don't sleep on, on video games and Twitch. Just get on there, check it out for yourself. Your kid plays Roblox or whatever. I know Fortnite, people are making six figures a year playing Fortnite. People on Twitch are making six figures a month 
playing, watching, having people watch them play Fortnite. Twitch, there are streamers that make $200,000 a month and more than one. Damn, like that? So it's a thing. And so don't don't let this generation of kids, there would have been way more. You know, we're athletic. There should have been way more black skaters, but every black parent was like, nigga, you gonna break your neck. Get off that thing. Right. Get your ass in the house. You should have been like, stay in the garage, Ollie, kick, flip all you want. Because <laughs> it's a check. Um, and we dominate. We are, we move this culture forward. We move America forward. We move the world forward. Um, and video games is that next thing. Video games sell more than the movies, than music. Yeah. We need true. to be, we need coders, people behind the scenes. We involve your kids in, in front in this video game. Don't discourage them. Structure the time, but don't, don't keep them away from it and throw them in a book. Um, there's books about video games too. Throw them in a book about video games. That's what I tell my kid, whatever you want to do, you're going to do eight hours a day. You know, like, or, you know, how many hours, you know? Right. My son say you want to play basketball? Okay, cool. When we go on the family walk, you dribble. That's all you're going to do. Right. And that's it. You know, so just, I think, I think this, yeah, that's the thing. So twitch.tv slash merce. Um, yeah, it's a new platform. I think it's good. Everything you do on IG Live, you can do on there and monetize it. Um, don't and Patreon. I'm patreon.com slash merch 316. You were on Patreon. I gotta subscribe. Yeah. What happened to the nature level? I couldn't find the nature level for the broke people. It's sold out. It's only a two dollar difference, but oh, okay. I didn't know what it was. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't honestly, see. I don't know why I think it was the same tier, just a different um, I don't know. Maybe I'll bring that back. Cause I'm trying to figure out what really was the difference. Cause Patreon, I'm still learning Patreon to be honest. I'm just like, eh. I'm still working on that. I'm still posting, but I'm working on how like understanding the nature of that. And then I'm working on some other things that are kind of subscription based outside of Patreon. So it's basically a learning process. I've only been on Patreon since like the summer. And I don't even think I really like started to do stuff, stuff until like August. So I'm okay. really into it. Well, I'm gonna hop on there and uh, support you. I like I like Joe Buttons there. I just I just do everything. I do everybody who's black almost on there. I try if I can afford it. I feel you. Well, I appreciate um, that. Yes, ma'am. So your Patreon, like those are. I think those are the platforms that are more important. Um, Subscriber-based things. Music is and black people are always the last ones when it comes to monetizing. We want to give everything away for free. Yeah, and, um, I can relate. We gotta get. We got to get on this subscription base. You know, music is late to scripture. You know, all of our TV is subscription based. Our internet is subscription based. Everything is subscription based. Um, you know, you can get subscription based DoorDash. You get and um, subscribe to the people you love. You know, that's how we build. That's a real community. All facts. But look, it's two minutes before your stream. So yeah. I don't want to interrupt. Just go ahead and shoot me your number. After I turn this off, and we gonna chat because I got some questions to ask you off record. Yeah, nothing to do with this. Yes, ma'am. I'm about to put it in the chat right now. All right. So y'all heard it first, y'all. This is the episode with Murs. It's been about maybe a little under two hours worth of game. Soak it up, share it with a friend, and we will catch y'all next go round. All right, and that was today's Murs Monday interview. 
I wonder what you all think about it. I'm very curious to get your feedback. Definitely let me know. I'll more than likely be doing an Instagram post about it. Tribe Letter also went out. So if you want to respond to that Tribe Letter, let me know what you thought because I'll be uh, tagging that episode in uh, this week's Tribe Letter so you can click right into it. Let me know. Please respond to that letter and let me know what you thought about it. I am very curious. Um, I have not had a guest that... Um, was this, I don't want to say eccentric because I don't think Merce is eccentric. I think Merce is just unique and he's an individual and he he moves on his own um, free will, his own um, his own vibe, his own wave. So, you know, I'm just curious to know what y'all think about that. And also, it's so interesting because Merce is a Pisces. Merce's birthday is coming up in a few weeks. So it's really dope to actually have um, a Piscean perspective during Pisces season. Speaking of Pisces season, I'm also doing a sun sign challenge for Pisces season. Every sun sign, um, I do a challenge and I share some tips on how we can incrementally change our lives bit by bit by harnessing some of that sun sign energy. So I've already dropped one tip over the weekend for Pisces season. So if you want to sign up for that, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash spiritual homegirl. Tears only start at $7. And that's about 23 cents a day. Shout out to those that have ordered aromatherapy products over the weekend. Spiritualhomegirl.shop if you want you some. I am a certified aromatherapy practitioner, so I know what I'm doing. Okay. Um, I've been a practitioner for a few years. No male certificates here. I got my certificate in class and with action. Okay. So shout out to those um, people that signed up and got their <laughs> got their orders. They going out today. Okay. I already got your orders done. You should be getting a confirmation by the end of business day. So also, if you want to find me on the internet, you can do so at YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook at Spiritual Homegirl. If you want to sign up for Tribe Letter, you can do so at spiritualhomegirl.shop or click the link in my show notes and tap in. If you missed this week's Tribe Letter, don't sweat it. You know, we got you next time. If you want to join my text club, you can do so at 81493. Again, text HOMEGIRL10 to 81493. Get you a discount, what have you, when you sign up. Um, if you're on my old text line, I'm about to get rid of that. Yeah, after a few years, I think it's run its course. Um, it's been a lot of things that's been running its course lately with the with the platform. Um, again, like I've been saying, I'm getting off of Anchor soon. Um, this week, is it feels right. This week feels right. So if you're listening to me on Anchor exclusively, I highly suggest you find another streaming platform to listen to the Spiritual Homegirl podcast on because I'm virtually everywhere. Uh, Spotify. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Acast, Overcast, Pocket Cast. I'm everywhere. Everywhere. Okay? So definitely tap in with your girl. Um, Onward and upward, evolving and growing. That's where we are with this platform, and that's where we are off platform. So it's time to make some changes. It feels good. It's been four and a half years, and things got to be done differently. So, yeah, I think that's about everything. I have another interview coming up tomorrow. My girl, Tiffany. Um, she will be talking about her journey using herbs to uh, continue whooping cancer's ass because that's what she's doing. And I'm glad and I love to see it. So we'll be talking about her journey with herbs and things of that nature um, tomorrow. Um, give me a couple more days to do that transcription for the YouTube interview because it took a long time <laughs> to do these over the weekend. And I'm still doing MERS. I mean, by the time this episode airs, I should be done. But man, Trent, I'm still getting better at it. If you listen to yesterday's episode, you'll know that learning new things ain't always the easiest and the most seamless thing to do. But I'm working on um, sharpening up that ability to make it seamless and efficient and quicker than I'm doing now. So, um, so yeah, I'm about... 
25 percent done as the time of this recording so i will i shall be done by end of day tomorrow with mercy's interview so definitely tap in make sure you subscribe to spiritual homegirls youtube so you can find out first when it drops so with that being said this has been another episode of the spiritual homegirl podcast my name is maria if you made it this far shout out to you boo I like I like them longevity listeners. I like my them my riders. Shout out to y'all. Mwah! Love you, love you, love you. So with that being said, y'all again, my name is Maria. This has been another episode of the Spiritual Homegirl Podcast. And remember, trust the journey, trust yourself, and never compromise and fold. Okay? March to the beat of your own drum. Forget the mainstream. Run your own stream. Peace. This episode has been produced by producer extraordinaire Jason Trachademics Valerio.